Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into the Monday edition of Sports Call, live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, the host of this show. Today I've got Tom Peavy and Brant Daughtry with me. And, oh, we have a lot to talk about in the negative today. As Auburn falls to New Mexico State, it was not a dream, unfortunately. Tigers go down 31-10 to the Aggies of New Mexico State. We will... Recap all that game, field all of your phone calls on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Again, that's 334-887-3401. Locally or toll-free, 1-889-TIGER-9 if you've never heard us before. Uh, so we're going to field uh, all those phone calls, ready for a uh, tough conversation this afternoon. also want to go ahead and give everyone an update on what will happen this week. Today and tomorrow will be full live shows. Wednesday will be a full show. It will be a new show. However, it will not be a live show. We are going to be pre-recording Wednesday shows. Give us all the opportunity to go home and spend two days with our families on Wednesday and Thursday before we come back here on Friday and have another live edition of the program and fielding your phone calls and talking all things Ironville. So that's the slate for this week. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, normal operation. Wednesday is a three-hour show. It is just not a live show. It will be nothing that's been heard before. I'm not saying that that's going to be the biggest show ever. A lot of people are <laughs> going to be talking about it. No, just Wednesday will be a new uh, three hours of the show, but it will not be live. Thursday, obviously, no show for Thanksgiving. But Friday, another live edition of the program. So that's how the week tallies out. Of course, today we have a lot of football to discuss, a lot of Auburn football, where we go from here and that sort of stuff. Uh, and, again, some difficult stuff to have to talk about it. But we will tackle it today. Uh, for the full three hours. And again, if you want to give us a call, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Also coming up towards the end of the show, best and worst of the weekend. I'm going to break the news. What everyone's worst is going to be. We'll try and think of something else. I, 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 have a, I already have a worst. <laughs> okay, so. all right. Uh, but we'll have best and worst of the weekend towards the end of the show, as we always do on Mondays. Glad you're tuned in to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show today. Again, Ryan, Tom, and Brant with you here on this Monday. We'll start with you, Brant. We had the opportunity to be in the press box on Saturday, always grateful for those opportunities, always grateful to cover Auburn football. However, it was a grim picture uh, from pretty much start to finish, but uh, glad we were all up there together, and I uh, hope you had a good rest of your weekend, sir. Well, uh, can we just talk about basketball today? Can we do that instead? <laughs> we could get some of that in because, at some point. Because yeah. basketball looked great. I think basketball, for the first time this season, really showed you how good they can be. I think they played up to their potential uh, up in New York, but... Yeah, obviously the big talking point. You lost a game that you paid $2 million to play. Um, New Mexico State gets a, a W and a payday. And that's just not something that has ever happened to Auburn before. 
There's a very legitimate case for this to be called the worst loss in program history. Um, And you guys were talking about it before the show, how this is a loss that's going to stick with Auburn forever. We'll be talking about this thing in 20 years. Um, And whether it's indicative of Hugh Freeze's tenure at Auburn remains to be seen. We may be looking down at this from the top of a pile of championship trophies. Uh, But we could also be looking at this and going... Huh. Should have known. Should have known. Um, I think the most concerning thing about this is that it was not fluky in any way. Auburn did not have a turnover in this game. There were no major crazy injuries that kept good players from participating. Um, There was only one crazy special teams play that really wasn't that crazy, and Auburn should have seen coming because I saw it coming and said as much in the press box. Um. This is just bad. This is about as bad as it gets. And there are several statistical figures that we will get to at some point about how bad this was. But I'll I'll right now leave it at definitely the worst loss that I can ever remember. And people older than me are saying that this is probably the worst loss Auburn football's ever had. Tom Peavy, yeah. you had the opportunity to go to the game as a fan. Uh, yep. Although I think... One much to cheer for. Right. right. Uh, the experience would not be far different. Tom, how are you, though? Uh, I mean, I'm doing good. I mean, overall, the weekend was good. I got to take Michelle to her first uh, Auburn game. Unfortunately, uh, that was not the one that you hoped to take somebody to their first game to experience an, an Auburn atmosphere because the atmosphere – the the atmosphere was crap from the get go before the ball even got kicked off. Uh, I'm not saying that's why the team played bad, but the atmosphere was bad, and then the team came out, and that was bad, and it was just not the experience that you want somebody to have for their first game inside Jordan Hare Stadium. But uh, but she did get to go and, and experience you know things, so uh, I was happy for that at least. But um, yeah, that uh. There's no, there's no good takeaways from that game at all. Uh, I even jokingly said, you know, I came in and I knew I was going to have the stats here. I don't even have to look at the stats to tell how crap that game was, just because. I mean, I knew, I know, I witnessed it, I saw it, everybody saw it, um, and I agree. Yeah, nothing fluky about it. Auburn just got beat in every single facet of the game. Auburn got beat. Uh, New Mexico State's offense did everything that they wanted to do. Uh, New Mexico's defense did everything that they wanted to do. Uh, coaching, they outcoached you freeze in every possible way that you could imagine. For the and, second year in a row. It, well, yeah, Jerry Kill for the you know he has he has his number. Uh, special teams, you know, obviously the the fake punt comes on special teams. I even saw you know you can always say that the punting is always one thing that Auburn is good at. He shanked a punt really bad. Now he got a he got a really good roll out of it, but I, I mean, I even was sitting there in the stands and I was like, "Oh my gosh, our punter is even shanking stuff now." I'm like, "What is happening?" Like, no, I mean, just nothing, 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 nothing going right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's so. Brant touched on it, but I never, 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 never in a million years would have circled this game or thought of this game as a program-defining moment. And here we are, uh, that New Mexico State, of all dadgum games on that schedule this year, is going to be the program-defining moment. 
and it can go one of two ways. And again, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I had the idea in my head, you know, Brent uh, got it ahead of me, but I, I'm obviously not the only one thinking about this. Either you go back either, you know, five, six, however many years down the road, if Auburn is sitting there and winning championships, you can look back on that and go, that game right there was the one that you hit rock bottom and you realize that you you know you you have to hit rock bottom before you get to the top, and that was rock bottom, and they bounced back, and Hugh Freeze never allowed that to happen again, and that was the catalyst that lit a fire up under this program's butt that we can say this is never going to happen again, and here we go, and now we are champs. Or you turn into Nebraska, and you start looking back on that game, and and like y'all just said. There it was. We we should have known. The writing was on the wall. That game happened, and we have never been able to recover since then. It's like things were going bad. And then you remember that New Mexico State game that everybody talks about? We've never recovered from it. Like we fell into the hole of despair that we've never been able to get out of, and that game was the one that did it. That game broke this program, and has we have never been able to recover from it since then. That's what this game is. It is a program-defining game, and holy crap, I never would have thought that that would be the case. New Mexico State, that's going to define the Auburn University football program for years to come. That, that is crazy, but that's where we're at. I will ask you guys a little bit later on what you feel the long-term implications, if there are any uh, later. I'm going to ask you some some big-picture thoughts and and what this might mean, obviously, for the Iron Bowl, what it might mean for recruiting, for recent years, uh, for you know future years. And again, the answers could could completely vary. That's why we're going to ask it in a little bit. But let's stay contained to this game first. I think that look, it's hard to know, and, and maybe you guys felt differently. Even the first drive, it was hard to know at that point that you'd be up to something real and palpable and and lasting for the game. It, as good of a drive as it was from New Mexico State, it was aided by a couple penalties. Uh, it was certainly a frustrating sequence for Auburn. They could not get off the field. But even in this type of game, because it's this type of game, one great drive is usually nice for that other team, not completely uh, unexpected and nothing – that you usually flag yet. So what? Maybe it was for you guys, but what was the first point where you f- were saying Auburn's in trouble? And what do you feel the turning point of the game was? I, I can tell you the exact the exact moment that I thought Auburn was going to be in trouble. Auburn hit, Auburn gets that touchdown pass to Fairweather, and it's at that point you're like, here we go. They're waking up. Yeah. Here we finally go. And they drive it right back down the field. And I think it was the third. There was a long third down. It was like a third and long or something. And they they completed. The crowd finally came up. You know, they started to get some noise in the stadium. And it's like, okay, here's that point that the defense makes that sack. They make that stop. They do something that turns the momentum back into Auburn's favor. And it's like, here we go. And they converted it. And you're like, oh, my gosh. And then they make another long play and then another play. And next thing you know, it's like they're down there ready to score before halftime. 
and that's the point where I was like, you know, Auburn. This is this is one of those games that it when it's not your day, it's not your day, and this is going to be trouble. Now that that was that. Now that's when I said they were in trouble. When I said it's over, done, was late in the game, the fumble that was a fumble, but they were blowing it dead. I the whistles were blowing and everybody in the stands around me were like, they gotta review that. And I kept telling them was like they can review it all they want to, but they were blowing the whistles. They they blew it dead. They should not have blown it dead, but they did. Auburn was about to get a turnover. Auburn's still in the game at that moment. That that's it's still a game. It is still within reach. When they when they did not overturn that, which they could not, because like I said, they blew it dead. And Auburn did not get that turnover, and then one, they promptly scored that touchdown. Like it's over. Like there's your chance. Your 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 chance to get back in this thing with a, with a game changing type turnover deep in their territory. And you can change the momentum, and they did not get the call, you know, inadvertent whistle or bad call on forward progress, whatever it was. It was over. That that was that was the chance. Once that chance went, it was over. And it really felt like the defense and, and really the team, any little like gust of wind that kind of kept the sails up, that that play right there and not getting that turnover sucked every single bit of life the rest of the way. And it's like they didn't want to be there, they didn't care to be there. It was whatever. And that's the moment it was over. So, again, I'm going to recap. You score the touchdown and you can't get the stop, and they come down and they they score right before halftime. You're in trouble. It's like this is not going very good at all. We're in trouble. The fumble, it's over. Or the no fumble, it's over. Brain, what about you? For, for me, the moment where I hit the panic button, and I, I tweeted about it. Um, if you follow Sports Call on Twitter, uh, you can see it. But there was a moment when it was 10-7, to 7, about halfway through the third quarter. New Mexico State has the ball. They're driving. And there's – it's a second down and – yeah, it was a second down and seven just past half – just past midfield. And New Mexico State, incomplete pass, but there's a holding flag. Um. And Auburn, instead of making it second and 17, opts to take the result of the play, make it third down and seven. And I kind of, I'm sitting on the far side of myself, Brooks, and Ryan. I'm sitting on the left, and I look over at them, and I go, would you guys seriously rather have third and seven than second and 17 in this situation? Ryan looks at me and goes, ask me again in just a minute. And then they immediately converted the third and seven. And Ryan and I just kind of looked at each other. Um Later in that drive, they have it first and goal. I was first and goal from the seven. And another holding penalty. Auburn accepts this time. And I think it was second and seven, second and goal from the 17. Um, and I tweeted out something along the lines of, at that first and goal from the seven, I tweeted out, New Mexico State is seven yards from firmly putting Auburn in, oh, dear God, territory. Uh, then that holding call box him up 17 yards. Auburn goes cover zero. They blitz everybody that is not covering a man. And Larry Nixon just gets left behind by his receiver. And New Mexico State goes up 17-7. And that's when I raised my eyebrows and went, we have crossed from potential upset into panic mode. The moment where it was over, 
was <laughs> immediately after that to go down 17-7, Auburn got the ball and I think went three and out after that. Either way, punted the ball back to New Mexico State, couldn't score. And then uh, New Mexico State from, I think, with about four minutes left in the third quarter, went on a 16-play, 83-yard, nine-and-a-half-minute drive, something like that. 9.58. Yep, to make it 24-10. to 10. And that was when I said, okay, this – and I think that was the same drive that the fumble happened on. Yeah, so it was 24-7, make it. 24-7, yeah. excuse me. Yep. Um, that, was the 20, that was to make it 24-7, and that was when I went, oh, Auburn's about to lose this game. Yeah. That – New Mexico State came in there with the absolutely – underdogest of underdog game plans of go as slowly as possible, yep. move the ball four yards at a time, hold the hold on to the ball as long as possible, and hope you get lucky on defense. And they did it to perfection. I don't want to take anything away from New Mexico State. They played as well as they possibly could. Diego Pavia is a dog. He's good. But, buddy, they are not good enough to beat Auburn. They are not good enough to beat Auburn. But they did anyway, and, and, it's, and not just beat them, beat them bad. Yeah, like, beat them bad in a in a non fluky way. Albert, I said this about Arkansas last week when it looked like they were shocked that they had to play a, a football game on that day. Auburn looked exactly the same way that Arkansas did. The problem is that Ar- that Auburn was not playing Arkansas. They were playing New Mexico State, who until Saturday was zero and twenty seven all time against Power Five teams. Yeah, that, the first quarter of the game was just insane. I mean, Auburn had Auburn ran three plays and went three and out, and that was it for the first quarter until yeah. the last little bit where they were able to get two plays before the quarter ended. But, but so they ran five plays, five offensive snaps in the entire first quarter. Defense couldn't get off the field. Yeah, no. And the offense couldn't do anything with their possessions. No, I mean, but that's that's how, uh, I, you know. And at the end of the first quarter, it was like, oof, man, you know, what a stinker of a quarter for Auburn right there. You know, you know, we got to do better than that. So I wasn't like panic button, but I mean, that was just one of those like, wow, that that's crazy, disappointing. Yeah, yeah disappointing. Yeah. But it was just like. Man, that's crazy! Like we didn't even have, we never even had an opportunity in the first quarter. I mean, literally, yeah. you ran three plays. You, you had a three-play drive. Yeah, you got the two plays right there at the end. But ultimately, you ran three plays in the first quarter. <laughs> I yeah. mean, wow! Yeah, you, I, I mean, just talk about dominating it, dominating you from the start. It, it, I mean, that's how it was, and it never changed. Yeah, uh, I'm around the same. Uh, breaking points as you guys, um, you know. First, qu- even the first half, you go you go down the locker room ten seven. It would have been very easy to come out and score and then think, okay, well Auburn's at least going to win. Maybe they can still stretch it. So it was at no point in the first half was I thought the win in jeopardy. I think that it was uh, the oh crap moment was the third and goal at the seventeen mm-hmm. because that's just a awful play. Yeah, um, you know in. I think Auburn was still trying to search for that momentum-defining play. They might have been trying to search for another sack to then hopefully have a long field goal that they miss or something. But the reality is is that you, you hold to a field goal, it's 13-7, and at any moment, one play, you take a lead. And, and usually teams like that – now, New Mexico State might have been different because this is clearly a – uh, a good group of five team and, and and the way they play they were not going to lack confidence but usually you take a lead on a team like that and it starts to fold in on themselves um 
And so you were still one play away. But to give that up, that was the, okay, they're definitely not going to beat them comfortably. And if they beat them at all, it's going to be last four, five, six minutes. But the time where I thought the game ended was the fake punt. And I know New Mexico, mm. still, New Mexico State still had to make 35 more yards after that because I think they ran about for 20 and, and got to around field goal territory. But at that point, I was like, they're going to chew more clock. You don't th- – that's a momentum-swinging play when you already didn't have any if you were Auburn. And it kind of underscored that New Mexico State just didn't feel like they needed to really respect Auburn that much more anymore. Uh, and it's it was disappointing because – it was something that, as you said, Brant, you were ready for. I was certainly hoping it wouldn't. They wouldn't do it, uh, and that they just go ahead and punt back. But that that moment told me that New Mexico State's not going. Even if Auburn comes down and, and scores right after this possession, they're not. They're just not going to fold. Each team got seven real possessions. I say real because Auburn got two little plays off with 20, 25 seconds left in the first half was not a complete possession. And then New Mexico State had a a kneel down at the end of the game. In New Mexico State's seven possessions, here are their time of possessions on those drives. 526, 639, the one bad drive of 129, then 602, 524, 958, 328. That was it. So... Uh, yeah, uh, the Auburn was not able to get off the field. Much more to discuss. We will discuss this in much further detail, obviously, when we come back. You're listening to the Monday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Like us on Facebook at SportsCallAU. Welcome back to Sports Call Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, Ryan Lavoie, Tom Peavy, Brent Dontry with you here on this Monday afternoon. And of course, we want to hear from you on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line at 334 887 3401 locally or toll free 1 Tiger 9. First up on the program today, Die Hard Die. Die Hard Die is with us. Die Hard Die, how are you this afternoon? Hey guys, War Eagle, how are y'all? War Eagle, doing well. All right, a lot to unpack. So I'm just going to kind of do my old uh, rant. Um, why, do, why do these teams fire coaches? Uh, to improve the program, win more games. Does, does, does that work? I mean, <laughs> sometimes. Like, yeah, sometimes. I would say, I'd say fewer than not. But when people go in, they got to, as business, and when we're talking millions of dollars, they got, just like when you open business, you got to pr- present a plan. And go. We hope this happens. We hope we turn into a ten and two team. We hope we go to the national championship like every other team, which is impossible to all go to the national championship. But you know, if we don't, what's the backup plan? And 
I'm telling you, people like you and I who are having a hard time buying paper towels, I'm sure, um, we're going to get tired of these coaches making millions to get fired. It's just it's not good for the psyche. It's not good for anything. Um, and if you remember, <laughs> I would call in saying, all right, maybe Gus needs to be fired, but not yet, not yet. And, um, you know, it's, it's weekends like this. We don't have a good team. We've hit our max potential the past couple weeks, and they just it snapped. And you saw it this past week. It was a trap game, and that's the definition of a trap game. Um, and it stinks, and it's embarrassing. But, you know, Gus is down there winning games. Thank God Texas A&M, you know, did that with Jimbo, and they're a bigger joke than Auburn. But I love Auburn, love you guys, but we got to look at the facts that we look real silly here the past couple of years, you know, and it all stems from that firing. I know he wasn't recruiting good, but, you know, it's not like Gus went down to UCF and said, I'm rich now, I'm just going to take it easy. He's doing great down there. So just, just it's all done. That doesn't mean we don't talk about it, but it's all done in the past. Just next time, and, and the Auburn trustees, the yellow wood guy that I can't stand, you know, they made this happen. And, um, I mean, how long are we going to have to go through this? I, I see Freeze turning it around, but, you know, these recruits can leave at any time, and, heck, they can even leave as players. So it's a scary time. They make more money than us now. Um, it's, just, it's just not healthy for anything. So it's just kind of a gloom and doom situation, but, Again, I think it's ridiculous to hire someone knowing that you possibly could be firing them and giving them millions of dollars because I'm not a big fan of Jimbo, but he'll probably go off somewhere and do well. And it's just, I don't know. I don't like, I don't like this kind of stuff. Um, it just looks bad. And I wish, I mean, again, we have a quarterback that has Bo Jackson's name and Nick's quarterback's name, and he's possibly a Heisman winner. Uh, probably not, but close runner-up, and he's playing for someone else. And it's just, you know, it's just, it, it's our fault. We did this to ourselves, and uh, we should be ashamed. Um, you know, that doesn't mean move out of Auburn or anything like that, but next time maybe we should think a little bit harder before we start hating people that are winning eight games, nine games a season. Um, who's the old guy that used to call in all the time, wanting Gus's head? Shadow. Yeah. <laughs> Has he been calling? Is he happy? Is... Uh, not sure. We, we haven't heard from Shadow yeah. in a long time. We know he had well, some he he had some health <laughs> issues about a, about two years oh. ago and uh he hasn't called in since. Well, I don't want anything, you know, that bad done to him, but goodness, uh you know, he wanted this. This is what he wanted. Um and when you want something as dramatic as he wanted, you gotta look at the bad as well as the good. It's not all just rainbows. I mean, when you fire coaches Players that are coming, you know, stop coming. The recruits decide not to come. And like I said, now players just leave. So we got to be a little bit more careful. I promise you this is a bad mistake on Texas A&M's part. And it just, it just looks bad. And Texas A&M's a great school like us. They're, they're like the Auburn to uh, Texas to Alabama, you know what I'm saying? So anyways, we, uh, we'll go through this together. But, again, these are decisions that were made years ago that were – suffering from i mean that's all it is and we had a bad team and they did as good as they could and um man that quarterback for new mexico state he was a hunk huh those arms (laughs) 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 he just i mean he just had a game so and if you played sports you know you've you've lived that where a bad team has a great you know weekend or, or your great team has a bad weekend that is part of sports that is why they name it trap games 
And, um, you know, you don't know who it's going to hit. That's why it's so hard to hit parlays. One team is going to drop the ball, and it's the one that you don't expect. So, oh, well, um, like I said, next time let's uh, be a little bit more patient with our coaches. It really usually comes down to the quarterback, nine out of ten times. You know, all the other players make a difference, but a good quarterback, Cam Newton, can uh, win you games in the fourth quarter with a minute left against uh, losing Kentucky or, you know, lose it. And we just happened to win at that time. But, you know, we see the Alabama and Georgias that just have the great quarterbacks plus amazing everything else, and that's why they struggle to, uh, to lose. But when they do, you know, if you guys have a short-term memory, Alabama wanted their coach fired eight weeks ago, you know. So um, it's a crazy sport, and we're even crazier for loving it. But uh, War Eagle, man, and we'll listen to what you have to say. Yes, sir. <laughs> it just made sense. <laughs> War Eagle, diehard die. We appreciate the phone call. That is diehard die. Joining us on the orthopedic clinic phone line. Uh, thoughts on what he had to say there? Yeah, I, you know, that was. First of all, I'm not sure how many of those we're going to get today. So thank you for a very measured and reasonable call. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how the show continues. But I, I think that I was one of the people who was in favor of getting rid of Gus Malzahn, not because Gus Malzahn is a bad coach, but because I thought he had hit his ceiling and Auburn's ceiling was higher. Um, but it's very clear that Auburn absolutely fumbled his replacement in Brian <laughs> Harson, even though I... I, you know, I, I'll, I'll own up to my mistakes. I supported Brian Harson for a long time. Um, looking back now, should have been obvious to me, but alas. Um, but obvi- very obviously screwed it up with the Brian Harson hiring, and you're in a very, very bad spot, and you have just lost this kind of game. And does Gus Malzahn lose this game? I don't think so. Um but also, uh, definitely but dodged Gus, some bullets under him. Oh, under definitely, Gus Ma- definitely. We were we were talking about this at lunch, I think, Ryan. Um, under Gus Malzahn, and even before Gus Malzahn, Auburn would have some close calls. They would have some games that they should have won easily, where they played with their food a little bit. But they always won the game. At the end of the day, they were ahead on the scoreboard. And the next day, we could be mad that Auburn didn't play well, but at least they had a W. You don't have that right now, and it's kind of a numbing feeling. Yeah, uh, and also I know Die Hard Die was talking about the, the coaching salaries too, and I think that it's definitely going to continue to frustrate the average person because, I mean, again, getting paid. I think everyone in America would happily fail uh, at whatever they're doing <laughs> and then make $70 million right. over the next seven years for it. So certainly, and of course that's the extreme version of it, but I mean, Malzahn had a huge buyout. There are buyouts that exist in a lot of places now that are upwards of $15, $20 million, yep. uh, if you get fired in the first couple of years of a deal. So uh, that's just the way it's gone. I mean, the, the money has just continued to flow. And it will be interesting to see when or if the valve shuts off in any way. If it It's because of a major network because of ESPN being able to offer less for inventory or Fox or whatever. Obviously, that did not happen in this cycle. We're still exponentially growing. That's why there's a bigger playoff, more money there. Uh, And as long as there's more money at the top of the sport, that will just funnel down. There'll be more money for coaches. There'll be more money now in NIL for players. Uh, But it'll be interesting to see if ESPN does end up having the real difficulties that that many think that's starting to have or or anything like that, if that would start to slow down that process. There is a deal right now the NBA is trying to renegotiate – or not renegotiate, negotiate a new CBA and a a new media rights deal here for the next – 
next in, in the next couple of years, and they're already a little bit worried about how they might have to diversify portfolio a little bit to get the the figure they want. So, anyway, uh, as long as it's coming from the top, it will continue to trickle down, and and then coaches will make more, buyouts will be more. Deals will be longer, that that sort of thing. Three three four eight eight seven three four zero one locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine. We go right back to the orthopedic clinic phone line, and I just know somebody that likes to talk a lot about, a lot about money with us. Anthony from Auburn. Anthony joins us. Anthony, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing real good this afternoon. I wish I could have called y'all Saturday. You know, last week we we talked on the radio and everything, and we talked about what teams could do and what teams could not do because it was New Mexico State or whatnot, and and they didn't have the show dogs or the horses or the stud horses that Sophie and Conference team would have. And there was no way they could run on any team in the Sophie and Conference and, and this and that and whatnot. And I even mentioned the time when Brett Farr came over and did what he did and this and that. Well, they ain't going to have a moment like that. Well, you know what? Tell you guys something. Uh, the difference in that football game is the job that the coaching staff at New Mexico State did. Jerry Keel, uh, I remember him a few years ago uh, when he was at uh, Minnesota. And I saw a piece on ESPN about him, and he was in a locker room, and they had just beat somebody. I can't remember who it was, but it was a big game, and, and it was one of the biggest games in Minnesota that won at that time in a long time. And uh, he was in there snorting and, and squealing like a pig, like a bull hog, and, and the players got excited. He told them, come on in here and get yourself some and break this thing down. And that's the kind of coach you got to have because they played the hard out for him. They put that game plan together, and you could see those players went out there and got after it. They was more physical than Auburn. They lined up and whooped them on the line for one thing. But I'm going to tell you something that really got me excited about this game when uh, the quarterback threw the interception, and uh, he ran over there, picked him up, and body slammed him like a WWF wrestling. I mean, had he had he done that before the whistle was blown, I don't think it would have been a penalty at that point. But the referee had clearly blown the whistle, and then he slammed it. But that got him fired up. They got the team fired up. Uh, and uh, you could see the offensive lineman rattled around him when Auburn tried to push him or whatnot. They showed you they were going to be pushed around. And they uh, got out there and got after it. And when it was over with, they had more points than what Auburn had. So it goes to show you, uh, like I told y'all, Appalachian State for the world, that uh, – they go in there and lift weights just like everybody else. They go to the training table and eat the steaks and potatoes and all the things that that uh, nutritionists and, and um, dietitians put together. Now I know the meal is different than what I ate at the time when I played, but they put it together and they ate it just like everybody else. They go to class like everybody else. They put the jock strap on like everybody else. But you know, the only thing is, since it's New Mexico State, it ain't a big powerhouse or whatnot. Don't have the notoriety. It may not have the financial funds that that Auburn may have and some of the other teams. But, but, uh, uh, but you know, that's just the way it is. Uh, they showed you that, uh, you know, a lot of times you can label talent, five-star, four-star, saying it may be this, it may not be that. But, oh, that didn't make no difference when they got them between the lines. You know, when like Birds used to say, we're going to go out here and we're going to jaw-to-jaw, toe-to-toe. Uh, I don't care if you scout us. Uh, we do the same thing all the time. We're going to run the wishbone at triple option, going to feed it to the fullback and get out there on the corner. And on defense, we're going to run the uh, – the split four, whatever we was running at that time, they said, I don't care, scout it. We do the same thing. We ain't finna stop. That's our bread and butter, and that's what we in games. But now everybody hollering, well, oh, you know, trap game. It ain't no trap game. It was a game just like the rest of the games. You just thought that you were going to embarrass that team. You thought you was going to run over but that ain't the case. They showed you when you going to do it. And just like Hugh Free said, now you got to earn the right to win victory. You just can't expect to go out there and beat a team. You know, you paid that team $1.8 million to come over here to take a whooping is what you did, but that did not happen. Now everybody upset after three weeks of uh, Arkansas, Vandy, Mississippi State. I told y'all 
them teams ain't won but two and three games apiece. They worse as they worse as ever been. And everybody thought, oh, we didn't turn the corner. Oh, we got this, we got that. I told you didn't have anything. But sometimes people get blind and can't see nothing. I told you Peyton Thorne wasn't going to do you no good. You saw that Saturday. I'm going to tell you something, and I hope uh, everybody listen. I guarantee you, had New Mexico State not got undisciplined, start having those penalties, and got you can start messing stop and, and start that messing up stuff, and kept that Auburn drive alive, Auburn never would have found that end zone and got them seven points. It would have been 31 to nothing. I mean, think about it. And you can't say that uh, – uh, Robert Robert Ashford uh, messed up the rotation or messed up the groove that the starting quarterback would have. You can't say he done that because he didn't play, from what I can see. And I'm gonna tell you another thing, as far as rotating quarterback, New Mexico State played number ten, which was a starter. Number seven came in and took some snaps. And I'm not mistaken, I thought number nineteen came snap a two two, and there might have been one other guy. Is, uh, can y'all correct me if I'm wrong? Uh, they, I they, saw four people. They they ran their a wildcat with their backup. They they never threw another pass other than Pavia, but they, they did have wait, a second guy. Wait, don't matter if that's or not. Other people lined up and took a snap, and if they took the snap, they was considered the quarterback at that time. Is right, right or wrong? I mean, sure, but again, right I was wrong? just telling you that they did one thing. And you're gonna, if you're going to chastise me about right or wrong, I mean, you still never one called thing. in and talked about the the fact that Auburn did beat Vandy in Arkansas <laughs> when you picked them to the contrary. So I'd be I'm I'm happy to give you credit for New Mexico what? State. And yeah. uh, and that sort of thing, but uh, you're well, like doing a nice victory team. lap here. I like those on the dogs. I'm a, I, I pick them. Who who wouldn't want to see a Van Der Cinderella story? Who wouldn't want to see that when they don't hardly ever win anything? Who wouldn't want to see it? Huh? Uh, the team but, that they're playing against. So I'm sure you wouldn't want to see but, that when Alabama played them. Well, you know, I don't worry about that. Alabama. You know what? I know you I'm, don't worry about that. You know, I'm gonna tell you something. Now I'm 53 years old, and Bama, as far as I can remember, 1970 from 73 to now, Alabama was what? Uh, Blue with national titles in my lifetime. Sure. Uh, I mean, uh, Saban won six. Bryant won three in my lifetime. And then uh, Stallings won one. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> that's a lot. That's nine titles. So, I don't. it don't matter. They won a slew of SEC championships. It, if they didn't win nothing else, it'd be all right. But I'm just saying, you know, uh, that team came in here. And it did what nobody thought he could do. That was a pretty good team. I mean, you know, think about it. They won eight games prior to coming in here. So, I mean, they didn't just easily win eight games. Nobody handed it to them. And, I mean, you know, Jerry Keel, get Jerry Keel some credit. That man's a football coach. Only thing that has derailed him was just he had some health issues and had to take several years off and then came back in an administrative-type position and then somehow or another was uh, was able to get back on the field. I tell you, you got uh, – I don't know what kind of decision they made down in Texas A&M. I hadn't heard anything yet. I don't know what they're going to do at Mississippi State or whatnot. I know we talked about some coaches from Duke last week, some other places, young and up and coming. But I tell you, I wish somebody give Jerry Keel the opportunity to see what he may do. I mean, I looked over his uh, uh, bio and everything the other night. Everywhere he's been, he's turned around every program. He's he's turned around and left it better and shape it than it was when he found it. So, I mean, why not give him a chance to see what he might do in the SEC? I tell you, that guy is a football coach. That's what he is. Now, I mean, you know, everybody high on Hugh Freeze, but I don't know if Hugh Freeze going to be – I don't know if he's going to have the time to do what people want because everybody want to win. Now, Alabama's doing what they're doing. Georgia's doing what they're doing. Every nine day LSU can do what they do. I don't know if the time is going to be there. Nothing against Hugh Freeze, but I just think he's going to have the time. Well, you know? well the thing is, we shall see. Uh, recruiting is going to be the big thing. Uh, they've already they've already gotten some good guys here. If they can flip some of these guys that they keep looking like they could potentially flip, 
then then you start really thinking that you can kind of turn the corner and and put this behind you and and there's better things ahead now if they if they completely just whiff on some of these guys in recruiting and kind of go with who they have who they've got and then miss again in the transfer portal on some key spots then you have to start wondering but uh, it's not all doom and gloom. It's not over the you know the 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 sky has not fallen on Auburn yet. There there's still room for Auburn to to fix this and and get going back in a positive direction. Well, yeah, there's room for that. But I mean, think about it. now; those guys are committed. Nobody signed yet. Those they're committed. Well, some have signed. Well, when did they sign? No, I don't believe. No, we have not done the early signing no, yet. That's in that, December. That's it. Yep. That is in December. Yeah, Couple weeks. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, weeks. well, I mean, think about it. Now, those people are committed. Now that, that could possibly change between now and then. We'll see how that goes. But but you know that big stud horse down there in Phoenix City that was committed to A uh, and I don't know if he's still planning on going to A and M or not, or what he may do. But I would certainly uh, put my best uh, foot effort foot forward to uh, see if I can uh, persuade him to come on over here to Auburn. I mean, you know, whatever it takes. Is there a certain kind of major that he want to major in? That that do we have a school better than anybody else, a program that, that no other school has at, at that quality that, that he might be interested in? Uh, I mean, what is it? Uh, well, I mean, well, I, I, I can tell you this. Right now he is still committed to Texas A&M. Auburn is hard after him. He was at the New Mexico State game, and he is planning on being at the Iron Bowl. Uh it, Auburn is very, very much in the picture with him, uh, and a lot of the crystal balls from the prognosticators out there believe that he will flip to Auburn at some point, and that's going to be big because you put him with Perry Thompson, and you potentially have one of the best wide receiver recruiting groups in the entire country. Uh, and then for the 2025 class, Auburn is still hard after Ryan Smith, who is one of the will be one of the best players in the entire country that's currently committed to Bama. Uh, he's an Auburn legacy that uh, has always wanted to play at Auburn, and Auburn's going to try to flip him. So there is the potential in two years that you may have the best wide receiver group in the entire country if things work out the way that Hugh Freeze is hoping. Yeah, but you're talking two years away. But here's the well, thing. no, you're talking one year. If you if you get if you get Coleman and you add him to Perry Thompson, you're already got a great group. And then if you can flip Smith. And then add other guys. Then you're talking some incredible wide receiver group. Well, yeah, you're talking that. But here's the thing with that. Now, opposing teams and coaches and programs say, hey, look, now this is where they are now. We are already here. We're already in the playoffs. You come on over here, we can line you up in the, in the, in the lineup. Uh, we're going to get you a certain amount of balls to you or whatnot. You ain't got to kill yourself uh, here. I mean, as far as in the game where you got to try to do everything, you go down there, you're going to have to try to do everything. You can come here and work around all this talent. You get your share just like they get theirs. You can be highly celebrated. You can make all the highlight reels, be first round, all this stuff. You go down there, you can still probably be first round, but you ain't they ain't got nothing to work with. You, you just gonna, I mean, you know, you gonna be on a team that's trying to get somewhere. Well, see, to, uh, now to flip, now to to, uh, to completely flip the mentality there. The yeah. men, the mentality is. Why go to Alabama and Georgia where you're going to have to sit and play behind all these guys? You see what is happening at Auburn. You can come here and you can be the dog right now, today. Right now you are better than every wide receiver that we have on that field. Buddy, if you come here, you're playing day one. You're the guy. You're the dog. You're the guy that is going to be the face of this program that they will build a statue of you and will remember you forever because you are that Bo Jackson. Because you remember how that was before Bo Jackson got here? It sucked. Bo Jackson turned this program around. Guess what, dude? You can be Bo Jackson. You can come here and turn this program around, and people will remember you for the rest of ages of you being that guy that turned the Auburn program around. Well, that could be, but you know what? Uh, 
Barfield, <laughs> did, a, Barfield did a good job recruiting, just couldn't coach. Had William Andrews and, and, and James Brooke, Joe Cribs. He had a lot of good players, and a lot of those players that, that die are uh, – had when he came in was left over from Barfield. So, I mean, you know, the, the talent was there. He just didn't have anybody to know what to do with it. But you had that hard-nosed Pat Dye coming in, and he had that one piece he needed, one big major piece, and went and got Bo Jackson. Tommy Agee come in the next year blocking for him, and everything was history, you know, with all those great players, uh, Tracy Rocker and Doug Smith, Donna Humphrey, Greg Carr, you know, Ben McCurdy, and all those people, you know, that was on those teams. Danny Skutak. Kevin Green, Hal Del Greco, and all those people. We can name I mean, Auburn football players from the '80s all day. Let's let's yeah. continue the conversation, please. But uh, I can tell you, uh, Hugh Freeze has a job ahead of him. Yes, he's going to have to recruit. Yes, he's going to have to get that stud horse, somebody of that. If he don't get him, at least somebody of that caliber to turn things around. He's going to have to get some offensive linemen that going to be able to block. He's going to have to get some defensive linemen, big and nasty, that's going to get after somebody. He's going to have to get all those things, but. Football is different than it was when Dye coming in. When Dye coming in, then you had to stay out of school four years. If you transferred, they make you sit out two years if the if the coaches wanted to sign the paperwork and press the issue. Now you got transfer report and all this NIL money floating around. People ain't gonna sit around and waste a career. Just like Spencer Rattler was at Texas, you see how he's doing in South Carolina. People want to go where they can ball and and where they can get on in the NFL. And you know you got some that might be that are willing to sit down a year at Alabama, Georgia, because they know everything is aligned for them to get that national championship ring on that finger to be celebrated. To be, I mean, you know, if you're already out there like that, nine out of ten, the scouts gonna be greedy to get you. Look at look at look at what the other week or two when that, when uh, they did an interview with Nick Saban and all those Alabama players just in, in all those two teams. And then look at all the Alabama players collectively when they showed the uh, board up there in the NFL all together. And majority of them was first rounds, and you had the second rounds, and then you and you think about that, you 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 get a recruit and say, look, hey, this is where it at now. You get Alabama, Ohio, Ohio State, I mean, uh, uh, Clemson, as far as that like that. Those are the three top uh, in, in Georgia, and then sometimes LSU. When you start talking about being first rounders and, and national championships and all that, I mean, those teams just over and over. That's all you've been hearing the last what ten years or eight years. They just swapping back and forth. So, I mean, like I said, it's going to be something to see what, what Hugh Freeze can do. I mean, people, see if they got the patience to, to wait it out. He's going to have to win a game or two. He ain't got no business winning. And he's going to have to get some recruits that he ain't got no business getting. But we're going to see. But if he don't get that guy down there in Phoenix City, and that tell you that, I can't go 29 miles and get that caliber of a talent here, 29 miles away from Auburn. Then they don't need to get on a plane going out to Texas or, or going out to Oklahoma or Iowa looking for no linemen or, 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 or nothing else or going out to South Carolina. Hey, I just ain't need to worry about doing it because you can't get your own. Then how are you gonna get anything from anywhere else? Well, I mean, I know that you certainly talked about Malzahn not being able to get uh, get some of the guys locally from Phoenix City. So we'll see if uh, we'll see if this he time is different. It. Yep, he we'll couldn't see. do it. Now I heard one caller kept hollering. Well, Malzahn did beat Alabama on a regular enough basis to keep his job, and he should have kept his job. But they wanted him out of here because he turned into a seven five, eight and five, eight and four kind of coach, and that's what he is now. Where he at now? Right. I mean, you know, he just had that one great year. But, I mean, that's just what it is. They want more than 8-5. and five. They want it all. They want the whole all. But y'all give it up for Jerry Keel. I tell you, give it up for him. He, I mean, he, he, you know, as far as uh, scouting somebody and coming up with a game plan, I don't think he could have could have dialed that in any better. Do you guys think? No. I mean, they, they executed the game plan with perfection. They controlled the ball, controlled the lines of scrimmage. I mean, they, they checked all the boxes. We're about out of time here, Anthony. I appreciate it. I yes, know sir. y'all do. We'll talk to you later. Roll Tide. All right. Anthony from Auburn joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line.
very happy uh, Alabama fan, as I imagine many are. Um, we'll hey, they, they can brag. Yep. It happens. Yep. So uh, we knew that was coming, but yep. uh, appreciate Anthony for calling in. We are out of time with our number one. Still ahead, more of your phone calls on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, 334-887-3401. Locally, you're toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Again, more of your phone calls after this timeout. You're listening to the Monday edition of Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starting right now. Tiger 95.9, Ryan Lavoy, Brant Dontry, Tom Peavy with you here on this Monday as we continue to go through the aftermath of Auburn, New Mexico State. Plenty more on that game coming up in just a little bit. Of course, we want to hear from you on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Still got a couple more calls lined up, so let's get right to them. 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Next up, Luke from Alex City. Luke is with us. Luke, how are you this afternoon? Good, guys. How are you all today? Uh, doing well. Uh, a couple of things. First of all, I think it was Tom that kept saying Ryan Smith. I think he means Ryan Williams. Williams, Ryan. Williams yeah, Ryan Williams, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think he stays in Alabama's class. That's my take on it from what I understand. And I think he probably does end up reclassifying, but it's not 100%. Um, but then the other thing he said that I want to refute a little bit about um, you know, getting behind uh, you're talking about recruiting and how you can say, well, you can come here and play immediately. Look, I think Alabama and Georgia have proven they play as many freshmen, if not more freshmen, than just about anybody else. I, I can, you know, go through several seasons where freshmen, including this one, where freshmen had a, had a big impact. I mean, Caleb Downs is probably going to be the national freshman of the year. If not, he's definitely going to be in the running. Caden Proctor has started on the offensive line all year long. Jalen Hale has seen his role. Uh, fluctuate a little bit throughout the year, but he certainly had minutes. Justice Haynes has played a lot of minutes. Um, you know, Alabama plays many freshmen, and Georgia does too, for that matter. I mean, they they play a lot of freshmen. 
because what they do is they go out and, and recruit uh, above the talent they already have. If they feel like they need help at a certain spot, if they feel like somebody hadn't panned out for whatever reason, they'll go out and find somebody that they think can, can do better. And um, so I think the whole, you know, if you go to Alabama or Georgia, you're going to sit behind, you know, X amount of players for X amount of years. I, I think that, that narrative has been destroyed. I mean, go back to just the, the Devontae Smith to a Tungle Bailoa game. They were both true freshmen. Najee Harris came in that game, uh, played a lot. Alex Leatherwood, Henry Ruggs, uh, Jerry Judy, they were all freshmen in that game. And um, I, I just feel like Alabama and Georgia have done a great job of, of playing young people. Yeah, so my my whole thing is, and I and I get that, my, my whole thing, my whole point is about being the guy. You know, if you go there, sure, you might play as a freshman, but you're, you're kind of – you're another in the long line of the guys. You're you're just kind of the next in line. You're part of the factory. You're part of what's been getting churned out, and that's fine. You can go be a part of that, but if you come here, you can be the guy. You can be that guy that people look at for years down and, and see as the guy that helped turn the program around and can be pinpointed as that was the guy that turned everything around. And so that's where that recruiting thing comes from about coming here and not going somewhere else. Is come here and be the guy, be the focal point, and be a guy that everybody remembers. If you go to Georgia, you can play and you're going to be remembered, but you're not going to be the guy that everybody talks about for years and years later. You're just going to be another. You're just going to be another in the long line of all the guys. Do that too, and say you don't think people think of Derrick Henry as the guy, or Tua as the guy, or Bryce Young as the guy. No, I mean, they do, but I'm just saying. I mean, but, but but there's a difference between a, a program changing. I, now I could see Derrick Henry potentially being that. Tua came in. Bama had already been doing great things, and, and they had stuff already working. And yes, people are always going to remember Tua, but Tua is not the guy that changed the Alabama program. You know, I'm talking about I, I a mean, pro, I, I'm I talking about a program changing guy that goes that helps you get from the doldrums to the next level like Bo Jackson did because that's the thing. Yes, Bo Jackson ended up winning a Heisman and all that, but everybody remembers that that 82 team, that he was the catalyst and he was the one that he, he was the guy that helped break the string over, over Alabama of the losses and helped put Auburn really on the national map from where they were just not doing anything, and that's what I'm talking about. Not a guy that's just the next in line of – other great players that have been doing stuff. I'm talking about a program-changing guy that everybody remembers for years down the road, 20 years later can talk about. You remember when that guy came to Auburn that year and and helped turn things around? That's what I'm talking about of them trying to bring in here. I mean, I, I do get what you're saying because I think that's how some people look at Julio Jones. Um, at the same time, I feel like it's it's – it's a disservice to some of the other great players. And, and again, I'll disagree on two. I mean, he, he had probably the most memorable, uh, maybe most fantastic play in national championship history. No, uh, sure. But they were already rolling, they, they rolling, man. They, they, were, they were already rolling by the time he got but there. Not in that game they weren't. They were down 13 to nothing when the true but freshman I'm, came in. I'm, ta- I'm talking about as a program. As a program, they were already – they were already well on their way. They were they were doing perfectly fine. He came in there into a championship program that had already done great things. I'm talking about a guy that can take a program that is in the complete doldrums and making them something. A catalyst that can bring a program from the depths of hell 
to actually doing something. Tua got there to a championship team. Uh, if I think of Georgia, I think of a guy like Matthew Stafford. I mean, Matthew Stafford comes in. Georgia had not done a lot, but Matthew Stafford really kind of set the tone for Georgia for later on. And then, you know, and once Kirby Smart got there, I can't think of the, you know, I'm sure you can remember like the very first guy that Kirby got that you're like, holy crap, you know, he's doing something here. I, that's what I'm talking about. That that type of player that can change your program from the depths of despair to something to look forward to. You know, and again, I, I guess I just look at it from a different perspective because I've learned this from saving himself that, yes, it's fun to go from the, you know, the valley to the mountaintop. That's fun. But that's that's easier than staying on top of the mountain. And um, sure. so when you say, you know, when people just say, hey, Tua comes in and just throws it to a bunch of five stars, it's not that easy. I mean, look, Alabama hasn't won a championship in a couple of years. They've had great, uh, they've had great recruiting classes. And everything. It's tough. It's tough to stay at the top. Uh, Georgia. That's why I respect what Georgia's doing right now. It's very, very difficult to constantly go into places like Knoxville and beat the brakes off of somebody. I mean, it's it's difficult, but they're doing it. And um, I think that's more impressive than you know taking a team that's down and, and picking them up. I mean, that's because I think it's easier to do that, especially in Auburn. Auburn's got the resources and the history and the facilities. Um, they just need they just need uh, maybe some more of the best players and maybe uh, probably a little bit of a better coaching job than at least they got Saturday. But um, anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there because I, I do think it's a misnomer to to say that you know teams like Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia don't don't play freshmen and you'll sit behind them because I, I think that's been proven time and time again that's not correct. I, and I would just say I would ask you too, Luke, just real quickly. Uh, it too, and it may be for us to debate that and that sort of thing. But also, I guess in this situation, it's more about what does the kid think about those, and if the kid more so agrees with with one or the other and, and their perspective on it. Sure, and and I think that's important. I think all that comes into play in the end. And I know that um, nobody likes to hear this, and and I didn't like to hear it. And I certainly didn't want to believe it. Um, because I still believe in, for whatever reason, I, I like the idea of, of some amateurism in this thing. In the end, I think it's all about who's going to get you the best deal. And um, I, that goes for Auburn, Alabama, LSU, everybody. Now, there'll be some that you may can, can take a swing at that uh, don't require as, quite as much of an NIL, NIL deal or as much love or whatever, however you want to phrase it. Um, because I try to be very careful with it because I don't want to paint – Anybody who's out there looking uh, to get paid, I don't want to paint them with a bad brush. I mean, look, everybody's making a bunch of money. I mean, that's why you can pay Jimbo Fisher $77 million to not coach or Gus Malzahn $22 million to not coach. You can. Everybody's making money. The players should do, I guess. There's something about it I don't like, but, hey, you, we all got to deal with it. And if we all have to deal with it, we all also all have to deal with the fact that hey, it's probably not going to be quite as much about, well, what's a championship program? Yeah, that, that can help. That can be a selling point. In the end, I think for just about every recruit out there, and especially the bigger names, I think it's always going to come down to, what are you going to give me to come there? And, that, and again, I know a lot of people don't want to believe that and don't like it. I, I don't necessarily like it either. I'm just saying I think that's the way it is now. 
Yeah, well, and it certainly is. And and I I recall we got called last week. We have a caller two weeks ago uh, from Arkansas that that calls us every now and then when Auburn's playing Arkansas. And he politely asked asked us how much Auburn had paid Aiden Holloway. And then I responded, well, I mean, how much did Arkansas play their – Pay their transfer portal guys. So, I mean, that, that's just the right. that, that is. It, yeah, it used can. to be more derogatory than it is now. It's it's now much more open and honest. Hey, now you know what? It's derogatory the other way. I mean, if you follow any social media, uh, when you when somebody makes the argument about oh they just paid them, well they go well, too bad you you work for a poverty program. <laughs> you know that's that's the way it is now, and yeah. um, we all have to deal with it. And we look if. Again, I'm not going to say anything. I don't know anything about Aiden Holloway's recruitment. I'm not going to you know, cast a light on that at all. I'm just going to say, yeah, I bet you he did get a pretty good NL deal, and I guess more power to him, just like I'm sure Brandon Miller did, just like I'm sure uh, Jaron Stevenson got. I mean, again, I'm not trying to pick on any one player or, or at anybody. I'm saying I bet you they got good at NIL deals because that's what everybody can do now. That's why Hugh Freeze and Nick Saban always say, Donate to Yale, Alabama, or own to victory because we got to use this money to make the team better. Right. I mean that's that's the way it is, and it and it sucks for for guys like us who are fans who probably don't have the money to make anything happen uh, to affect recruiting. Uh, I wish we did, but we don't, and um, uh, it sucks for us because we always like to think, oh man, he goes to Auburn because he's just war eagle all the way or he's roll tide all the way. And really, it's it's probably a little bit less of that and more of, hey, I, I'm going to where I can get the best deal. And frankly, I guess I can't blame them. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of – I'm resigned to it, sure. in, in other words. Sure. And then, and he also – and you know that uh, Saban talks a lot about creating value for yourself, and that, and that equation comes out to – you know, different numbers and, and different what's mm-hmm. valuable to each recruit, and, th- and that's why ultimately they, they decide on different things. And uh, you know, m- most of the time, Alabama and Georgia gets exactly who they want, but that's why other you know A and Ms and stuff can still have a say because maybe that particular class values the money a little bit more. Maybe that's thrown around a bit more, or the idea to build something that's not been built before. So it, it's all different values and what's valuable to, to all those kids coming into these classes. But money certainly uh, is going to be the top of the heat for many. Hey, all you got to do is go to the On3 website, and they have NIL evaluations yep. for all of the recruits coming up. And it, I mean, it's just a new world. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to talk about that, about the you know the whole freshman aspect sure. of it, because frankly, I don't think if you're good enough, I don't think a team can afford to sit you anymore. Sure. Yeah, no, it, everything is more now, now, now. That's for sure. That's right. All right, guys. I appreciate it. Yes, sir, Luke. Appreciate that phone call. That is Luke from Alex City joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Appreciate Luke's phone call right there. Have time for one more phone call before our next break. Next up on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, Matt from Tallahassee. Matt is with us. Matt, how are you this afternoon? I'm not so good. I got a little message for Anthony. All right. Anthony, if you're listening, watch out for the dog because they're going to tell you help on me. you say anything about offering you want? Anthony, you're just like an Alabama loser, Alabama fan. You saying that guy picked up Auburn and slammed him? He should have been thrown out. I, yeah, certainly a, a certainly a penalty there. I don't know about ejection, but but certainly a penalty. But like I'm saying, Anthony, if you're listening, if someone did that to me, I would get back up and I'll do it again. But he wouldn't want to mess with me. Anthony, what you need to do is 
appreciate that. But what I want to talk about is, and uh, Tom, I'm missing you guys. Often, I know you guys have said that Hank Brown would not play. But look, they should have played Robbie Ashford. They should have played Hank Brown in the game. And because, like, that's the second time we have played New Mexico State. And we beat them before. I don't think it mattered who the quarterback was in this game. Auburn got beat in every aspect. I don't think a quarterback change would have helped much. And, and Holden Gurner would have played before Hank Brown. Yeah. Well, what do you guys, like, uh, I'm not going like, to talk very long. Um, I'm disappointed with the game. I got to uh, pack later on because I got to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, go to the airport. Um, yeah, you got a big I, trip coming up. Yeah. Um, um, I'm hoping we can get a win against Bama. But uh, Anthony, again, watch out for those dogs. And ruff, ruff. They're going to make elephant me out of you guys, and they're going to beat you guys again next year. So, Anthony, when I come back and uh, – when I come back in my, mm, I say, when I come back December 4th, I want you to respect Ryan, Tom, and Brent. If I hear you don't respect them, then there's going to be a problem. Because you guys have respect. These guys are working, and so they can like say, okay, we're not going to work. They're getting paid. And their manager, he's saying that you could be proud to kick off. And they said, like I'm saying, I'm trying to be nice. Be polite to these guys. They're my friends. But hey, for this, guys, uh, he was talking about that uh, player that Auburn committed is like going to 6 a.m. and stuff like that. I think it will come to Auburn. And I agree with him. Auburn does need some offensive linemen. Um, but I heard a lot of players, a lot of running backs are coming back for Auburn. Uh, Hunter's coming back. Number 22 is coming back. Uh, number, uh, the one from South Florida, he's coming back. There's a lot of running backs coming, there's a lot of running backs coming back. But Anthony, just wait till next year. Because like I said, we're going to beat you guys in this, in the, uh, when you guys come to our town, knock you guys out of the playoffs. And, but, <clears throat> again, Anthony, your coach needs to retire. But, hey, like, uh, and stuff like that. Do you guys agree with me? Uh, I mean, I, I certainly, uh, certainly would be ready as an Auburn fan for Nick Saban to retire. However, I don't, I don't so, know if that's, that's coming well, up yet. Correct. Yeah. No, we're, we we did not take exception to, to Anthony's phone call. We we definitely had some disagreements there. 
uh, and a little bit of uh, talking over back and forth, uh, but but no, nothing nothing disrespectful. We're all good there, and and certainly if there is disrespect, we don't like disrespect coming from either way. Uh, but uh, you know, all, but all good. But you guys see what I'm saying? I'm just saying I'm just trying to be nice. He's just saying that like that like Auburn not doing too good or something like that. And like when I hear not Bam say that, like to me that kind of hurts my feelings, and that's being disrespectful. You guys are there to work to uh, to get a paycheck and stuff like that, and and so so that's why I don't call a pond bomb anymore because I just don't. But you guys are my friends, and I'm just saying I'm not trying to be mean about Anthony, but I'm just saying he should tell you guys you were you need to listen to you guys and tell you guys some respect. Well, we we do appreciate that, Matt. Do you have anything else for us? Um, did I do some trivia real quick? I uh, don't really have time for trivia just because of we've, we've had so many calls today. But uh, we we may, next time when you come back, we'll give you trivia. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, what do you guys think about the? Uh, I think Auburn has a game tomorrow night. Yeah. yeah. Auburn basketball plays Alabama A&M. What do you guys? So like, uh, on on the first spot, Brent and uh, Tom and Ryan. Before I get to you. Um, Brent and Tom, what do you guys think about? What do you guys think about it? What do you guys thought uh, on the game tomorrow night? And uh, do you think they can play well like they did in the championship game? I definitely think they can play well. Uh, I don't know how good Alabama A and M is. Uh, frankly, I haven't looked at them very much, but uh, I know that's a game that Auburn should win. I, I don't know how much they're favored by. Um, Ryan, are you pulling that up? Uh, yeah, I'm going to. Well, usually basketball lines don't come out until about 24 hours or, or okay. prior, so there may not be a line. In That's fact, fair, I, but I'm I, not seeing one right now. Auburn Auburn should be favored by double digits at least. Um, I expect them to come away pretty easily. Uh, even if they don't play their best, I still think that Auburn is just a significantly better team. And I think that what they showed uh, in New York is that they can play at a super elite level uh, when they're playing their best, and I think we saw a little bit of that uh, last weekend. Uh, well, Ronnie, I mean, uh, Tommy, before you answer, this question is for all three of you guys. What round do you think Caldwell will get in NBA? What round do you think Jared Williams will get? And uh, the one, number 20, I think it's 24 for Auburn that is a senior. What round do you think those three will probably get? Yeah, unfortunately, they they will not be getting yeah. drafted. Uh, no. the, the Dylan Carwell will not be drafted. Jalen Williams might make a G League team or something, but uh, they they will not be drafted. There's only two rounds of the NBA draft. Hey, here's a question, then I'll let you guys go. And because I got my mom's making a list of things to pack, I'm not a very good pack. I just throw myself in the suitcase. But have you guys seen the images of what they're doing to the Auburn baseball? Yeah, uh, we're we're excited about that. They're, they're going to be making several changes. Got different luxury seating options. Got that uh, kind of standing area on top of the green monster in left field. Uh, really, really excited about some of those changes. What, what do you guys think about the seats behind home plate? Yeah, again, that's going to be one of those premium areas. I, I'll be interested to see what it costs. I definitely think that's going to be a, a great experience. Uh, and I like that Auburn is trying to give you a, a few different ways to enjoy the game and at club level and all that. I, I'm I'm good with all of it. I'm excited about it. Yeah, well, hey, um, Tom. I guess you're. I, I'll. I know where you. Go, you know where I'm going to ask you. I'll take. I know your girlfriend's working. I know she's listening. 
I'm not going on fine or anything. I'm going to be nice, guys. It's Thanksgiving, and it's getting close to Christmas, so I'm not going to charge her anything. All right. Excellent. Yeah, but you probably get her on the show maybe sometime, right? I, I'll see what I can do. But like I said, she, she's a hard-working lady. So it's hard to get her away from work. Well, hey, where's my, where's my man, Brooks? Uh, yeah, Brooks is, is, is busy prepping for uh, another show here coming up in a little bit, and uh, he's not always on the Monday show, so he's uh, busy doing some other stuff right now. Well, you guys are probably, you guys still going to try to get uh, Devon Reed on. Right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Well, hey, listen, you guys. You guys have a nice Thanksgiving. Um, I will not call you when I'm in Florida, but uh, I will call you guys on December the 4th. Um, you guys enjoy Thanksgiving with your family, and um, I like to tell my time to me to Anthony. We got anything for uh, stuff for that? Just tell me nice to you guys, respect you guys, and that's yes, all. And uh, as James calls me, have you guys heard from James or Sean anymore? Uh, definitely not Sean. Uh, we we heard from James a couple times last week. So did James have any more questions for me? Uh, not 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 yet. Okay, well, if he has, if he calls tomorrow, tell him that like this, like uh, if you guys had write down the questions, yeah, for for swimming and stuff like that. And when I call December the fourth, I will do my best to answer, um, and and stuff. But, but again, you guys have a nice Thanksgiving, and um, like I said, I'm just trying to be nice about Anthony, um, respecting you guys, and um, like I said. We wasn't listening to you guys. It made me kind of not like sick, but just kind of sick to my stomach and kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. So yes, sir. Well, Matt, we hope you have a great Thanksgiving as well, buddy, and we hope you uh, travel safe to Florida and have a great time with your family. Hey, all you, hey well, I'm going to Florida. All yes, I'm doing me for you guys and some wings. All right, but please do. All right, and you said some more. Hey, last night we had some more day at my house last night. Oh, really? Yeah, my sister was here. Okay, well, that was fun. I hope that was fun. It, it, it was, and so that, well, hey, hey, um, Brent? What's up? Behave, and keep, you guys try to keep Tom straight, okay? We'll do our best, for sure. And War Eagle, help us see you guys at basketball game sometime. All right, Matt. War Eagle, buddy, happy Thanksgiving. That is Matt from Tallahassee, Matt for Auburn, joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Appreciate Matt for calling in today. We need to hit our next timeout as we're a bit behind. Back with more Sports Call right after this. to call into the show send us your thoughts via email you've got mail sports call at the tiger.fm i'm trevon reed former auburn tiger football player national champion you're listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 
Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Or if you're listening after the fact on the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola, we certainly appreciate you. However, you may be listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show here on this Monday afternoon turning into evening. Again, if you want to give us a call on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, 334-887-3401, locally or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. All right, gentlemen, as we continue on, let's talk more about the game because we actually kind of had a string there of not really talking much about the game uh, for the last half hour or so, uh, which is perfectly fine. Uh, I don't want to talk about, about <laughs> Saturday, but it is my job to. So last we continue. Uh, promised that we would get to some more big picture stuff with the game too and how much, if at all, it does affect big picture. Let's start with the Iron Bowl first, though. What does this game? What did this game do to change anything about your mindset about the Iron Bowl? Uh, it it lessened my confidence that Auburn would win the Iron Bowl. Um, I have I have been saying I have been very vocal since the beginning of the season that I have been picking picking and predicting Auburn to beat Alabama. Now that said. Things got swapped with my I, – I had said that it was going to take the win the Alabama game to get seven wins. I thought that was going to be a loss to Arkansas and a win over New Mexico State. Had no idea that that would be completely reversed and you'd still be sitting here trying to find your seventh win against Bama. But um, I, just for, for, for the sake of sticking to my guns, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that Auburn beats them. Um, but I'm, I'm so vastly less confident in it right now. Um, that's that is a loss that burns deeper than uh, deeper than anything that any of us are used to. I mean, we've we're all used to losses. We've seen Auburn lose some bad games, and we've seen some stinkers. That that's a loss that like just it 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 deflates you in a different sort of way. Um, I know the crowd is going to be excited for that game, but there there is just going to be a sense of Blech. After that, um, you're going. Yeah, you're going to get excited, but it's just it's not going to be the excitement that was there because that that loss is going to linger. Now, does that loss linger for the players? Gosh, I hope not. Um, I it bothers me the fact that you know Hugh Freeze was talking about people are just kind of walking around in a fog right now, and it's like. And then, of course, he's saying, you know, y'all got to snap out of it. We, you know, but the fact the fact is that people are walking around in kind of a fog right now, and I, that that's not good for this game. Um, you want to go into this game with with high expectations and momentum and everything else on your side, and right now Auburn has zero of any of that after New Mexico State. So. That that's where I'm looking at. I mean, I I'm I'm picking Auburn to win just because I'm sticking to my guns on what I said, and that's just strictly the only reason. Logically, man, I I did I could see Alabama just beating the brakes off of Auburn and them just not bouncing back from this because, like I said, it, this is the type of game that a lot of teams don't bounce back from, especially this late in the season. Uh, it's one that lingers, and gosh, I hope it doesn't, but. It's bad. It's really bad. To me, when I when I look at this, a result like this, you did not lose this game because the other team is more talented than you. You lost this game because you were looking ahead. Um, and if you're going to get caught looking ahead like this, 
you better be up for the game that you were looking ahead to. Auburn has to come out and at least be competitive in this game. Um, and Hugh Freeze coming out and the the quote that Tom just said, hey, if if people are walking around in a fog like Hugh Freeze says they are, then you're going to get stomped. I mean, you yeah. thought it was bad against New Mexico State. Alabama may hang 50 on you. <laughs> it, it, this is a really, really good Alabama team. They've gotten over their early season woes. They've kind of figured out what Jalen Milrow's good at, and they're doing a lot of it, and they're hanging 40 on people. And, man, if you're not up for it, we've seen what can happen when you're not up for it. You can lose to New Mexico State by three touchdowns. Alabama, Alabama is a whole lot better than New Mexico State. So you better play up to your opponent here uh, because that was the only way you were ever going to have a chance anyway because Alabama, from a pure talent standpoint, should win this game pretty handily. But games are not played on paper. Let's get to another phone call here on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Next up, Tony from Tuskegee. Tony is on with us. Tony, how are you today? I'm fine. How about yourself? We're doing all right. All right. Yeah, I was asking everybody to come in on that game with uh, Auburn and, and uh, New Mexico State. But that guy beat Hugh Freeze last year at um, – Liberty, didn't he? Yes, he did, resoundingly. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something. Uh, folks might not understand it. I'm not saying it because whatever, but a lot of guys play for a leader. And uh, I don't think Peyton Thornton is who that team might want to play for. I, you know, I could have never imagined that with, you know, Liberty is one thing, but I don't think Liberty get the type of players that Auburn get. Well, Tony, to and, your point, Liberty played New Mexico State again this year, and Liberty won that game 33-17. to Yeah, well, but the thing is, um, you know, is it coaching that they're not going to play for now? What? I I don't know if it was a desire not to play on behalf of the coach or, or play hard for the quarterback or anything like that. I think that they all uh, slept walk to a degree. I think the preparation was probably not there. I don't think uh, the desire was there. The energy was there. Uh, and it was kind of like, uh, you know, you get punched in the mouth. What are you going to do about it? And they just kind of sat there and took it. And they never really looked like, I'm not saying they didn't try, but I mean, they, they, they certainly got beat in every single facet of the game. It was hard to identify players that, that looked like they overly cared about that game. So I don't well, think, that's what I'm saying. but I, I'm, I but I'm saying Tony, so but, but my thought would be if they were not playing hard for freeze or they were not playing hard for their quarterback, why would that have not happened against Arkansas when they squashed them or, or Vandy than weeks prior? Yeah, you got a point there. But for some reason, I mean, with the preparation, it, it was some reason. I, you know, I've never seen Auburn just play like that. Sure. I mean, I, and again, the, 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 there is a tendency to think there there is something deeper when you – have just an all-timer like that but uh you know i i don't know it's not evident to me what it is right now i don't don't know if it's a a case of like i said just 
a, a perfect storm of everyone doing not enough. I don't know if you're just staring at the Alabama game and only we're giving lip service uh, to New Mexico State. You know, I, I don't I don't know if it's something deeper like like you're saying with with you know with someone on the on the roster or or the coach or whatever. I it, it, it is so shocking for a one-off situation. Uh, obviously, we want to see how this Iron Bowl go- goes. Uh, if they get destroyed, uh, now look, Alabama's obviously better than Auburn, but we know what home Iron Bowls are. We expect Auburn yeah. to still hang around. If they if they're getting beat from the get go, then that is the sign that there is an underlying issue there in my mind. Tony, there. Tony, you're cutting out. Um, we, we can't hear you. Yeah, at some okay, at some point, would you have tried Robbie Ash? Uh, I, I, I don't no. think no. Peyton, I don't yeah. think Peyton no. Thorne was the issue in it this game. Uh, I, I, I Tony, Defe- you're, defense you're, was the main issue def- for me. Defense was a big issue. The offense couldn't do anything with the no. chances they had. I don't think there was any one party to blame for what happened like this. When you have just complete and total abject failure, like Auburn had on Saturday. I think there's blame from top to bottom. I, I think everyone from Hugh Freeze to the last walk-on uh, just was not ready for this game. And obviously that all does come back to the head coach, but I don't yeah. think it's. I don't think he was the only one who did anything wrong. Yeah. And, and like I said, there's a plenty of blame to go around, but the biggest, the biggest, most glaring deficiency in that game was the defense. And we talked about it. Their time of – New Mexico State's time of possession – and throughout that game and how long they kept the ball for certain drives, the offense never had a chance to get in any sort of a rhythm. Yes, now the times they had the ball, they didn't do anything with it except for the one drive where they got the beautiful pass to Fairweather. But throughout the game, the offense never had a chance to get into any sort of a rhythm because the defense just could not get off the field. I mean, New Mexico State controlled the time of possession in that game so much that, that you're – I mean, you just you never really had much of a shot on offense to get any sort of rhythm or anything going whatsoever. Appreciate that call, uh, phone call, Tony. That was Tony from Tuskegee joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Look, the the sum of seven drives, you need to score more than ten points, but the rhythm sure rhythm does play a factor. The issue here is okay. Let's great. Well, not grade. It's an F. Let's look at the offense and and see all the things that went wrong and what you could have tried differently. They didn't run the ball well, and I know that they ran simple stuff. By the way, uh, to be fair, I'm not breaking out the double reverses against New Mexico State. No, your simple it, stuff should work. Right. So at the point of attack, they weren't doing a good job. Jarquez Hunter did not make any explosive plays. They didn't do anything there. Thorne had a couple of six, seven, eight-yard runs where he pulled it on a RPO or read or whatever. Uh, it was fine. Uh, throwing the football, it, we, we all saw this in the press box multiple times. Thorne missed, I would say, about four to five open receivers 10 to 15 yards down the field plus. Was not identi- did not have the eyes in the right spot of the field. Uh, it never, never timed out that way. He mi- misidentified... Uh, what was available to him. It's not that he then made a poor throwing decision. His decision from that point forward was to tuck it and run. That's why he ended up with, what, 17 carries, 16 carries? Right. Uh, several of them were on scrambles, uh, and and a few of them were sacks. I think it was four sacks, which also proves to you that the pass blocking was not particularly good either. But you're saying, okay, if you try to insert something different there, 
what you know to i'm just i'm just giving this lip service i don't i I did not consider ashford for a second that game but just to answer the question what would have gone differently by him being in there well when you're getting beat in both forms of run block and pass block uh and thorn's best or the best run plays are actually thorn's run play so he was not it was not a lack of athleticism was the problem i don't know what you do there and then we all know that robbie ashford's not a passer in this league he's not a power five passing quarterback so he's not likely to identify the open receivers either or even hit them if half of them there i don't think that anything from a from a personnel standpoint would have been the answer to figure out what was a team that just didn't give the didn't have the edge that that just i just did things that uh were conducive to being stopped no matter who they were playing yeah when you look at the stat line Peyton Thorne did not play poorly. I mean, 15 of 19 for 148 yards and a touchdown. That's kind of what I expected from him in this game. I just expected most of it in the first three quarters and to to not lose the game. (laughs) But like 15 of 19 for 148 yards and a touchdown, he didn't turn the ball over. I don't think he had many throws where I went, oh, that should have been picked off, and it just wasn't. He did did miss a couple of receivers, but he didn't make a bad throw and turn the ball over. He – Held on to the football. I I didn't I didn't think Peyton Thorne played exceptionally poorly in this game. Auburn just lost. Put it this way: he did not play any poor uh, poorer than the all the other guys out in the field. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, the line specifically and, yeah. specifically in post game, Hugh Freeze said that he thought the wide receivers were running routes in slow motion. That's what I was just about to say. Uh, you know, if Peyton missed some guys, there were also times that the receivers could not get open and were not. Re- as you free said, they felt like they're running in slow motion, and so they were not getting the place to develop quick, quick enough for Peyton to do what he needed to do. Um, but you know, you also look at the fact how they shut their run game down. I mean, Jarquez Hunter uh, for twenty nine yards, and he averaged three point four yards per carry. Eight, eight carries for twenty nine yards with average of three point four. Uh, you know, that's that's bad. Uh, there's just it was bad. I mean, we we can sit here and diagnose these stats all we want to. It was bad. The, the The passing game was terrible. The blocking was terrible. The running game was terrible. The receiving game was terrible. The defensive front was terrible. The linebackers were terrible. The secondary was absolutely atrocious. And Alex, then, and Alex then, McPherson, one for one on his field goals. Alex still, McPherson. Still perfect on the go. season. Still perfect. Uh, uh, and then, like I mentioned, even our punter, who has been wonderful all year, he shanked one. And it's like – so – and then you, and then your special teams gives up a fake punt where everybody in the stadium saw that it was about to happen. So your special team sucked too. So uh, there, that's your stat. Everything stunk. It was bad. Uh, the the official rushing numbers on Thorn there. So he ended up with seventeen rushes, thirty eight yards. Of course, you lose all the sack yardage plus a kneel down. Uh, so he gained seventy four yards when he attempted twelve rushes. So again, that of all the things. And that's a incredibly low bar to clear. That part of it was the best part of it. Uh, it still was not a good part of it. And again, some of those scramble situations that gained seven or eight yards were you missed the the fifteen yard throw. But again, I at being fifteen and nineteen for one forty eight and your touchdown. I mean, when he did make those decisions, it was perfectly fine. It's just again, you you expect to run the ball better on New Mexico State, no matter who yeah. you put in there and that sort of thing. We do have another call back on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, second time today for Anthony from Auburn. Anthony is back with us. Anthony, another word from you, sir. 
Man, I tell you two things I forgot to mention. I forgot to talk about Bo Nix. Bo Nix messed around and accounted for six touchdowns and 400 some yards. ESPN and everybody else said he's a front runner now for the Heisman. Did I not mention that? Uh, you did not. You did last week. Well, I tell you, it's exciting. Uh, now all Bo needs is to uh, go ahead and have a good, solid week this week with PlayStation numbers. And uh, I guess that should be enough to entice voters to go ahead and vote the way they need to vote. Because isn't this, don't they vote after this week? Uh, next week, I still I think the con- it's the day after the conference championship game, so they'll, okay. they'll have two more games. Yeah. Okay, so if he can go ahead and get PlayStation numbers this week, and then come back next week, he'll be in the conference championship game, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. As long as they don't lose. Yep. Go ahead and win and get more PlayStation numbers, more Nintendo numbers. Then he very well could mess around and win this thing. So I'm I'm gonna look and see now. Uh, I know he'll get one for himself personally to take home, and the school will get one. Now, could he go ahead and, and request one for Auburn? I uh, yeah I don't know I I don't think Auburn should be in the in the business of trying to. But I mean, if he requests one and for Auburn, which would be fair since he spent what three years over there. Yes, three years. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but, but well, hang on, hang on, hang on, but huh? but him winning the him winning the Heisman is for this year and this year alone. I understand. He, he is winning the Heisman for the best player this year, which is at Oregon. Has nothing to do with Auburn. Auburn should not claim anything to do with that. Well, if, if, if he would like to order one and have it displayed at Auburn, that would be a nice gesture because they did sure. prepare him for the moment that he's enjoying now. I, sure. I mean, it may be a nice gesture, but I would almost take that as a slap in the face of him. Well, Alabama didn't like, take a slap stick, in the face. Sticking it to Auburn. Look at this way. John David Crow never played a down at Alabama. He played Texas A&M, but he did some coaching on the bad. There's a Heisman Trophy of John David Crow's at Alabama. I saw it. Sure. Um, yeah. Good. Good for. Good for. Good for that. I. I guess. But what, what do you make of that, then? Your opinion. You. What do you make of something like that? How strange is that? I mean, yeah. No, it, it's certainly strange. I mean, I, again, I don't. I. It would be up to each person's motivation. I mean, yeah. some could say I valued my time there, even if it was brief, or even if it was not as productive. But I, I appreciate everything that every opportunity they gave me. Or they could, you know, you could spin it the other way and, and just say, "Hey, look at what yeah. uh, I could have won for you." Yeah. I mean, I, I like. I don't know. I don't know. That's true. I mean, are they, are they are they displaying national championship trophies at uh, at Alabama that Kirby Smart won because he used to be the defensive coordinator there? Well, I ha- I hadn't been up there. I don't know, <laughs> but I do. But I did see the John David Crow Heisman uh, myself. They sure. have display exhibit. So I I asked my brother how weird was that, and he's like, I don't know, man. I never would have thought that, but we saw it. But one other thing. Uh, how about uh, Jacksonville State going to face those New Mexico uh, guys, uh, New Mexico State guys this uh, weekend? Yeah, JSU's had. Uh, I know you keep up with them, Anthony. JSU's had a, a very good year, and uh, that that will be an interesting game. And I, I know that their waiver when we're talking about Jacksonville State and uh, and, and uh, James Madison was was technically denied. But I've actually yeah, I hate that because they yeah. transfer a rule. They both eligible can't go for two years. I don't that suck. Yeah, I, I I still think it's an an offer rule. The good news, if there is good news, is that there's not going to be in all likelihood enough bowl eligible teams. And the, fir- anyway. and the first line of business, absolutely, is that those two teams would get to go then. Well, all right. I, that special waiver would be that would work just fine, I tell you. But I'm going to see. Uh, I know that they're going to uh, go jaw to jaw, toe to toe. That's just what they're going to do. Uh, and I believe uh, they very well may pull it out. We'll see. Yes, sir. It's a, it's a, only a two-point favorite for New Mexico State there uh, in Las Cruces. So it's oh, going to be wow. an even game. Even game. They sure toasted uh, Louisiana Tech, was it? Yes. Uh, last week beat them. Uh, fifty six seventeen. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, at least I'll take that's a Korean conference USA too, right? Yes, they are. 
oh, wow, it's going to be something to see then. Well, we'll, I'll call you back Monday. Well, I'm going to call you back before you. I'm going to call back later in the week and we'll do some Iron Bowl talking, and then I'm going to call you Monday and we're going to wrap it up. Yes, sir. That sounds good, man. All right. Thanks, guys. That is Anthony calling from Auburn, joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. I uh, appreciate Anthony for calling in there. And, uh, yeah, it has uh, Jacksonville State Gamecocks. Uh, I don't know what the tiebreakers would have been uh, for reference in Conference USA. Uh, and, and I don't know the whole situation there. Liberty is undefeated there in conference play, but then New Mexico State. and Well, I, I guess I know what the, <laughs> the tiebreaker would have been. I was not talking myself into it. New Mexico State and Jacksonville State are both 6-1 and one in the conference. If uh, Jacksonville State was eligible for the conference title game, that game would decide who goes to play Liberty. So that's actually very unfortunate that uh, that waiver was not uh, accepted, not only for the bowl game but for that conference because they would have had a kind of a pre- pre-conference championship championship there to to get in there to play liberty so but uh yeah jsu's had a very nice maiden voyage into the fbs we are out of time here for the second hour of the program but stay tuned more of your phone calls in hour number three as well as best and worst of the weekend and a little bit more on what the loss for auburn against new mexico state means going forward you're listening to the monday edition of sports call on tiger 95.9 Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call starting right now. Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app, or if you're listening after the fact on the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola, Ryan Lavoy, Tom Peavy, Brant Dontry with you here on this Monday. We've already got a couple more phone calls lined up, so let's get right back to it. On the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Next up on the program, Keith from Auburn. Keith is with us. Keith, I hope you've uh, been doing well, my friend. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you, and I hope you all are as well. Hey, um, real quick, Jordan Travis. I have a, have y'all heard what the status is on him? Was that a, a, a fracture, a break, or was it a dislocation, or how they said? I, I think I mean it was definitely a break, and I mean his his career at FSU is is over anyway. But uh, I think he had surgery and all. But yeah, I mean it was a, it was a pretty gruesome leg injury. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Uh, I didn't like seeing it. So, uh, but anyway, I hate that for for the, the young man. Uh, but I'm sure he'll uh, he's young. He'll he'll rebound and. I hope we'll be back to full speed. I uh, wanted to touch base real quick on a 
the chaos, I call it, in uh, women's college basketball. Uh, I'm a huge basketball fan, and I'm a big women's basketball fan because they play the game like the game ought to be played. Uh, but anyway, uh, all this ordeal going on with the LSU uh, fighting Lady Tigers or whatever you want to call them, uh, with uh, Angel Reese, and I think now moms have gotten involved on on X and making tweets. And, uh, you know, i, I got to say this, and I'm old school, but when athletes think they're bigger than the sport they play, and you got issues. That's the one thing I don't like about the NIL. Um, you know, you can read stuff and you don't know how much is true and how much isn't. Uh, but when they start pointing the finger at the coach and saying the coach is the issue and bringing up past players, I just think that's a little ridiculous. Last time I checked, uh, Kim Mulkey's a pretty good college basketball coach and knows what she's doing. So why should people question how she runs her basketball program? That's just how I feel about that. I don't know if you guys have been following any of that, but uh, you know, I just uh, you know, I just think it's kind of a right. Well, and I I have uh, I have kept up with, with some of the the comments, and I know that Angel Reese is currently. Uh, serving some sort of suspension, and there's talks about the GPA and 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 all that sort of stuff. And uh, look, I, I do think that you still have to uh, respect the opportunity that you have and take right. care of the other things that go with that. Uh, that's yeah. kind of why we talk about professional leagues about the importance of doing your media availabilities and that sort of stuff. Not because it's a it's this huge thing, but because it's part of the responsibility of being in the position that you're in and yeah. and for a a student athlete i mean again we we know the nil money is there and we know that uh we follow these these players for their acumen on and off or on the court and on the field and that sort of thing but to get the luxuries that come with that there is a, a certain expectation and and so if you're not meeting those then a coach still has every right and, and more power to the coaches because some coaches will try to cover up things uh, that that uh, just to get keep their players eligible and that sort of thing so more power to those that do enforce uh, and the the rules of the program yeah and you know the the, the college women's basketball is just so competitive now. I think it's really uh, uh, great that you, you, you have that parity uh, for the most part. Houston didn't have that at all. But, uh, you know, you take that probably top six or seven programs and women could probably win it all, you know, when it was all said and done. So, um, you know, I'm interested to see how the, the basketball uh, uh, season plays out. Uh, I think Auburn's off to a good start. The, the men, and I, I guess the women are too right now. Um, you know, most, most of the SEC schools, are, women are probably undefeated because they don't really play a whole lot right now, you know, until uh, they get into the meat of their schedule. But I'm sure Auburn's going to be uh, an improved basketball team than, you know, where they were last year. And you've seen that the past few years with uh, the new coach. So, uh, I think that's great. Uh, tonight's the big game, isn't it? Monday night. Uh, uh, Eagles and uh, Chiefs, is that yes. right? Yes, yes, sir. 
Where, big where's one. that game? The Taylor Swift at? Bowl. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's in Kansas City. In Kansas City. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, here we go again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I've, I've grown to uh, not like Travis Kelsey now, okay? <laughs> but but anyway, uh, guys, I, I do appreciate you uh, you taking my phone call. Uh, you know, I think uh, these next few weeks are going to be interesting in uh, college football. Uh, uh, if whatever you call that uh, playoffs, see how that pan out. But you know, I do say that I, I will say this: if Florida State remains undefeated and wins the ACC, I think they deserve to be in. So I'll leave it at that, guys. Y'all uh, keep up the great work, and we'll talk soon. Appreciate it, Keith. Absolutely love talking to you, my friend. That's Keith from Auburn joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, uh, and good to hear from Keith again about an array of topics there. Yeah, there is a. Big Monday night game, one of the one of the biggest games you can have in the NFL, the uh, Super Bowl rematch from last week. So that'll be that'll be fun to watch. Certainly didn't enjoy watching Sunday's games, <laughs> uh, but uh, that's gonna that happens more times than not. So it's okay. Three three four eight eight seven three four zero one locally or toll free one triple eight nine Tiger nine. We continue on with more phone calls on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Next up on the show, Ward Damn Steve. Retire Ward Damn Steve is with us. Steve, how are you today? Steve, are you there? No, please, no. Can you hear me? Yes. I do hear it now. Yes. Oh, God. No. And that's what I was saying the entire game, uh, especially in the third quarter. Uh, Guys, I've read all kind of comments. I want to hear yours rebuttals to mine about uh, the, 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 to me, there were false equivalencies about some of the games that have been upset uh, with other teams. Uh, however, I, uh, I take a, a viewpoint that this to me was the upset of upsets uh, for a number of reasons. Yeah, I remember the La Monroe uh, upset of Alabama. However, that game had a number of uh, turnovers. Uh, in fact, they weren't uh, the, the, the players that the Nick Saban had. Uh, some weren't even starters. They had to go in because they had some injuries. Uh, I remember some of the other uh, uh, games that, that they people have been blogging, posting with Philip Marshall. I'm saying, and I was at the ungodly upset by Texas A&M, who had lost a week before to Alabama. I think it was 50 to nothing or 49 to nothing, and then we lost him. But we had two folks in that game uh, that. And we actually were still in the game to win it. Uh, but this, to me, guy, was just an abomination of upset. This is the upset of upsets. And I, I think it deserves to be number one in the hall of shame uh, for Auburn games. Uh, I'm also re- reminding you guys that even the 2012 team doesn't come close to this kind of an upset because in 2012, we were actually 3-9. and nine. That means the three non-conference teams uh, that we played, we beat them. Right, yeah. Right? After Clemson, this was a yep. non-conference team, guys, that's equivalent to those three games that we played back in 2012. And that woeful 2012 team still didn't lose to a non-conference team. And I, I have to remind you how all confident we were. Uh, I didn't find one computer pick that had any resemblance close to giving New Mexico State a chance. In fact, CBS Sportline computer had the chance of being 7 to 8%, if I remember correctly, uh, for New Mexico State out a win. Uh, all the sports writers that I went 
on Web 5.2 had blowouts. Cole Kublik, Cole Kublik, who's usually pretty critical, had his prediction of 41 to 10. Now, that's why I'm calling this the upset of upsets in Auburn football history. Uh, because there were no turnovers by, by Auburn to say, well, you know, if they hadn't fumbled here, they hadn't thrown an interception, we actually played a non-turnover game, didn't we, guys? Yes. Yep. Yeah, there was nothing fluky about this. Auburn just got the crap beat we out got, of them. We got taken to the woodshed, and then as my uh, Alabama friend says, and then we got pistol whipped. Yeah. There was no, uh, I mean, they're, 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 and like Hugh Free said, because I listened to him on the radio, I uh, saw his video, after the game, fact, I think it was like five and a half minutes, he said it was inexcusable. In fact, he said it was an embarrassment, it, it, it stung, and it sucked. Yeah. All now, of the above. Yes, as well. Guys, we know all that, that stuff. I would like to hear a reasoned explanation, because I didn't get it, except Zach Etheridge, uh, someone else on there on, on, uh, during the postgame uh, show, they, they talked with him. They said there was a lack of effort, a lack of focus. Okay. I saw that, and I know you saw it, but I didn't hear anyone explain it. In fact, I didn't hear from Q Freeze. So I'd like you to tell me, guys, what produced this outcome by the Auburn team that the week before were giant killers or, you know, 48 to 10, and this is the same team of players, guys, that what that held Georgia the slowest output in scoring the entire season. This was the same team of players who only lost by seven points to Georgia. Yes. No one's come close to that. They they – they were looking ahead to the Iron Bowl. I mean, that's the yeah. that no, that's they said several plays. No, I I I, I I'm going to rebuttal that because they were asked that during uh, the the post game show, and they said the number of they being Hayden Thorne, Asante. Okay. No, we were not looking forward to the Alabama game. Okay. In fact, Thorne said he didn't even look at the Alabama games uh, yet uh, to see you know well, what the match was going to be like. That's okay. what he said. They said that, yeah. But then they lost to New Mexico State, thirty-one to ten. I know yeah. what they said, but I know more Were what they, they did. I don't know if they're lying, but I, I think they may have thought they weren't, but they were. I, some somebody was. Uh, most most of this team was. Yeah, Hugh, and Hugh Freeze talked about the the week of practices leading up to it were very dull, that the practices were bad, that he even spoke to his wife and said how concerned he was because the week of practice had just been yeah, he said so he was bad. Nervous. Yeah, huh? because the practice he said he was the pra- at the day of the game, but here's what when asked by uh, uh, by one of the I don't know if it was Ronnie or who anyway they asked him during the post game show in uh, the locker room what was the week of practice like, and I, I just struck me what he said. He said Tuesday, this is his words, were okay, okay. Tuesday was okay. Then said, what about the other rest of the week? He said they were not good. Okay, if they were okay and not good. What did you not do about it? Yeah. And, guys, you know, uh, of course I was playing the no-no-no stuff. I really felt that nauseated. But, you know, you know, you can tell me, okay, they weren't focused. I'll, I'll swallow that, and I'll, and I'll buy that for the first half. But here's what I say to that. In that locker room, that game was still winnable. It was only 10-7. to 7. What the heck explains that you didn't come out in the second half somehow making adjustments and being different? Because it's ten to seven, it's not a blowout by that team yet. Yeah. Well, Why? Why were you not focused anymore in the second half? 
I, I think there's a couple of things. Um, I, I Okay, well, let me let me talk. <laughs> um, I, I, adjustments were made, but then New Mexico State also made adjustments, and, and they made plays. Um, and, I mean, that was the thing. I mean, the, 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 the players themselves, I, don't, I think they had kind of a general malaise, and then it kind of turned into once it started getting away from them, just like it happens with anybody that's ever played a sport, you start trying too hard to try to do something, and, and things just don't happen. I mean, when you start trying to force the issue, and and then it seemed like every time Auburn would have something dialed up, New Mexico State had the answer to it. Um, and, I mean, that was the coaching getting getting outcoached. And, I mean, Jerry Kill's a great coach. They had a great game plan, uh, and they executed their game plan. And, I, I mean, there's a million reasons why. Um, you know, lack of execution throughout the game, lack of being able to diagnose what they did on the coaching staff, uh, bad preparation. Uh, I think the general malaise comes from whether you think you're looking ahead to Alabama or not. You, I think a lot of times these teams get into this where they sleepwalk through an opponent that they, they feel like that they can just go out there and show up and that they're bigger and better and the name – on the jersey is going to intimidate them, and the crowd's going to intimidate them, and they and even if it's a close game, you're going to find a way to get through it because we always do, and then we'll move on to the next. And that was just not the case in this one. This team came out. This is a very good team. This was not a team that you were going to be a, capable of sleepwalking through, and they found that out the hard way. So, again, well, there, there's not well. there's not one thing that you can just pinpoint and go. This is the reason why it was a culmination of everything. Hold on, Tom. Uh, rebuttal time, okay? I'll listen to yours. Uh, you said a very good team? No, and no, and no again. Uh, why? Because first, this team lost, yes, I know it was the first game of the season, lost to UMass. Okay, but later on during the season, they also lost to who? Hawaii. Okay. This this is not a very good New Mexico team. State team as in a team that wants to compete for a national championship. Right. This is a very good team as in they have expectation. They expect okay. to win. This, this they came in. They came win? in on a yeah. This is their ninth win on the season. They are a team with expectations. They wanted to win. They felt like they had a chance to. And when that first quarter ended and they had the lead, that just kept building. Yeah. Um. That does not excuse it. That does not mean sure. that it is reasonable for Auburn to have lost. Every bit of outrage or feeling is justified. But that is what happened. But but to, but, sure to, but, but, but hey but but Steve to think that this to think that this New Mexico State team was just a huge nothing burger of a team. It's a t- They got their ninth win over Auburn. They are playing in their conference championship game. That quarterback had been talked about all week about how good he is and how much of a fit he's going to give Auburn. And he he's had legit. a hamstring pull. And, uh, sure, and he, he st- didn't play like and, he, and he still looked great. It, that is not a bad team. They got some losses early in the season, but they they are at nine wins, Steve. They're going to a bowl game. They're playing look, for their look, conference look championship they, game. Look who they beat, guys. Sam I, Houston. I, I, Steve, I get that. I'm just telling you, this is not a this is not because no, I don't a get it, guys. two two win team coming in here. The, I mean, Auburn should have beat them, but this is and I'm not and. and this is not – they are not as good as the South Florida team that came in here and beat Auburn several years ago that was ranked number two at a certain point in the game. season. I that game. Right. Yeah. They're, they're not that good. But this is also not uh, an HBCU team coming in here. This is not Georgia State. This is not Georgia Southern. I mean, they are better – they are having a good year this year at this nine This is an above-average group of five They are above-average, yes. Okay, gentlemen, again, they played nowhere near the competition – 
of talent. I, that that's, we and that's that's what we've said, Steve. Right. That's what we have said. There's no reason okay. Auburn should have lost that game. But again, to sit there yeah. and just think that this was a game that you can just sleepwalk through and win was not the case. They are better than that. They are okay. absolutely better than a team that you can sleepwalk through. And I'll tell you this. I, I feel like there's a lot of violent agreement happening right well, now. Well, but, but now, well maybe. maybe but here's a hot take. I, I would honestly, as bad as Mississippi State is, I think they're better than Mississippi State. I, yeah, I, I'd, I almost, I'd, almost, I'd be willing to bet money right now that New Mexico State would beat Mississippi State. I think so, too. And that's okay, a and that's a, and that's a team that Auburn has hung their hat on for a bit. Man, we you know what a great win! It's like yeah, okay. Well, New Mexico State would probably beat Mississippi State as bad as they are. So far, I've not heard any real explanations to why our team performed the way they did. Sleepwalking? Yeah, I've heard those comments. You can sleepwalk the first half, okay? But it's ten seven. That's a there's there's no good the explanation. Half. There no. is no good reason for Auburn to have lost this game. There is no good reason. Players. There is no good what? reason. There, that is the reason. Yeah. It's not a good reason, but it's the reason. Yeah. There, there is no why. It is. It just is. It, the whole thing was just bad. There's not a why. There's not an explanation. It, sleepwalking, bad preparation, just assuming you're going to win, looking ahead to Alabama. I, all of it. All of that is why. And that's all but I can all say. All those things should have been should have been over and done and erased. Okay, in the second half, should've. coming out, should have, should have, could have, woulda. It you wasn't. Shouldn't be sleepwalking anymore. Hey, you're losing ten to seven, guys. Uh, let's kick it up. And you know when I thought that the game might actually then come in our favor is when um, our, our, uh, our oh yeah we had the interception. Uh, and it was Neil yeah Nehemiah Pritchett, and he gets slammed down. Thankfully, they, they threw a flag on that personal foul by their quarterback. And so I thought at that part, okay, now the team is going to be you know um, rejuvenated, and they're going to say, hey, none of this shit anymore. It didn't happen. It didn't fire them up to see one of their players slammed down by the opponent's quarterback. Yeah, Diego Pavia is really good. It fired New Mexico State up more than it did Auburn. And Diego Pavia, by the way, I believe he was a high school... He's a wrestler. Yeah, he's a high school state champion wrestler. He's uh, yeah. He's done that before. Uh, and so, you know, and then we don't lose like a close one that said, well, you know, we just screwed it up, you know. We lost by a field goal or... Uh, they threw a hell mary, you know. They got lucky. No, we lost by twenty-one friggin' points. Yeah. Auburn and got dog walked. And, and by the way, uh, a lot of people in Vegas didn't think that uh, New Mexico State was good enough to upset us. They had us as a twenty-five and a half point favorite. What yeah, do you yeah. think they thought? Yeah, the Auburn should have won this game, and they should have mm-hmm. won it easily. And yet here we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I texted, I'll tell you guys right now, and I say to uh, Hugh Freeze, if he were here, I say to this person to his place, but I'll tell you guys, were it not for him to be this first season and the coaching staff, I'd fire him on the spot for losing this kind of game by that much points. I would have fired him. I think if it wasn't year one, there would be grounds for that. I think if this happens again, it definitely will happen. And I thought I'd endured all kind of just pitiful losses. And pitiful coaching by by Harson. Uh, Chris, did you see what he tweeted? Yeah. No, I don't follow Brian. I, I, I well, I don't follow him either. I saw other people share it, but who yeah, cares? I, I Screw. Yeah. You know, whatever. It's Brian Harson. Hurt, I guess. Yeah. F him. So, <laughs> guys, right now the line is fourteen. The Iron Bowl. The base going to fifteen. I haven't checked yet, but right now, uh, 
me being an odd person, I wouldn't take that line if you gave me 20 points or 21 points. Well, I mean, I think... I don't know what to expect, guys, and neither does Hugh Freeze. Did you see what he said when asked about that, the upcoming game? No, they were still in a bit of a fog. No. Uh, he says... Uh, well, there's one of the things he team, said. Can this team respond to a stunning loss in a way that can lead to competitive iron ball? He said, what? I don't know yet. I sure hope so. Well, I guess we'll learn on Saturday. Well, if you don't know yet, wow. Um, that's not a good spot to be in. Yeah, I mean, it's gets, never a good spot to be in when you get when you pay eight point one million dollars and get beat one, by one point eight, one point eight. What did I say? You said eight point one. Oh, excuse me, one point eight. We were their cupcake uh, game. Is that right? Looks like it. Wow. Um, this this uh, you guys tell me if this is not the worst upset of all times. Tell me. What game would be it, 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 of, it, it, of it all is, time? I don't know for yeah. Auburn in modern fo- in modern in modern football history. No, for this Auburn, is for Auburn football probably for, for Auburn football in modern history. This is one hundred percent the worst upset that they have ever endured. They've oh. dodged a few bullets over the last several years, but there's no dodging this one. They 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 took one right to the dome on this one. And and I still can't believe how did our defense. Don't know. How they play so woeful? Did you see that seventeen-yard touchdown run by their running back? I mean, I could have done it. It was it was uh, an eighteen wheeler could have gone through there. Yeah, it was a, it was a pass a pass when they blitzed. They got it to the running back. Yeah, no, it was a it was a, an awful play there. It was awful. It was awful game all around by Auburn. The the defense to me the defense was the worst. We've seen bad offense, and the defense has been able to keep Auburn in these games. But we we talked about the time of possession and how New Mexico State just owned the possessions. Defense just couldn't get it done. Um, every everything that they did, New Mexico State had an answer to it, and it was bad. It was just bad all around on every single facet of that game. And then our our quarterback was the leading rusher. Yeah, yeah. Auburn couldn't get anything going in the running game, and that that they planned on leaning on the running game, and then the running game couldn't do. And I'm just saying, what what were the coaches' schemes? Uh, how did they get outplayed? They sure weren't out talented, but how did they get out schemed and outplayed like that? They, I don't think they were out schemed. I think they got outplayed. They weren't trying to out scheme New Mexico State. You don't want to out scheme New Mexico State. You've got Alabama the next week. You're not doing anything fancy. You're supposed to be able to win that game with your very basic stuff, and then the basic stuff just didn't work because they weren't playing well. Well, Jerry Kill apparently knew what to do. He monopolized. I think they said sixty. Five or sixty-six percent of the game by just nickel and diming us. Yeah, absolutely. I, I said it at the top of the show. They had the underdogs' game plan of hold the ball as long as possible, move it four or five yards at a time, and hopefully you get lucky on defense. And they did. They outplayed Auburn in every way. They held onto the ball for the entire game, and really their final touchdown probably wasn't even necessary. It was just they dominated. They executed perfectly. Not I. I, I keep saying. New Mexico State didn't win this game. Auburn lost it, but also Mexico State kind of played perfectly. No, no, no. They they beat us. They beat us. They, they beat us like into a pulp. Uh, yeah, uh, they, uh, they, did not go well. One or two more minutes, Stephen. We got to let guys, you go. About the upcoming game Saturday. I know we got a lot of days. Uh, are you guys going to be off Thursday and Friday? Uh, so we will be off uh, Thursday. We will do a show on Wednesday, but it will be pre-recorded. So we, we have live shows Monday, Tuesday, and Friday this week. Oh, okay. All right. Um, what's your best? What's your best right now? Uh, guess about how this team is going to respond 
on Saturday and how, uh, I mean, as much as I love Auburn, I don't see us having a credible or plausible chance of, of winning. Well, but, it, what's your guys? It, it needs to look a lot like the Georgia game. I mean, yeah. I, I don't expect a win. Uh, Alabama is the better team. We know what home Iron Bowls mean, though. Uh, they need to come out and play with force. Uh, they need to come out and uh, look far different at the lines of scrimmage. And they they will have different stuff schemed. They, they will not be trying to do the, the same simple stuff they did this past week. But uh, they, they need to play with force. And uh, if they come up short, so be it. Again, Alabama is, is much better than they were the first four or five games of this year. That uh, they are going to have a, a chance at beating Georgia in the SEC title game, so certainly understand that. But uh, they don't need to be going down and losing forty-two to ten. I mean, they, they need to be able to put some sort of effort out there that that suggests that this New Mexico State was just a complete one-off, unbelievable, but not repeated. Um, coaching changes, guys. Do you see some? I think I, I think there'll be changes on the offensive staff. I, I do too. I, I fully believe Montgomery's probably done. I, I think so too. What about on defensive side? I don't see. I, I don't I, know why maybe, you would. Maybe a position coach, no. but I think Ron Roberts has done well enough this year to hold on to his job. I think you might see like maybe I I don't know just some some position coach might get changed. I, but, we don't well, know. I, but I, honestly, I think if a defensive coach gets changed, I think it's because they choose to go somewhere. But yes. I don't think there's a problem on that on that side of the ball. Uh, I could definitely see some moves being made on the offensive side because uh, this has just been a real disaster of an offense, and something's going to have to change drastically. And I, I think you will be looking at a new offensive coordinator and maybe a couple position coaches. Okay, and finally, guys, our time is up. In 1982, on this date in college football, what upset occurred? Uh, 1982. I don't know. Hold on, 82. Cal. Cal beats uh, this is the Cal, Cal Stanford. Cal they Stanford. ran through the band, and I saw it live, guys. I said, "What are they doing?" You know, holy the Cal. Kept, kept, kept playing. You know, I said, "Stop, stop the band, get them off the field." You know, and they kept going through the band members. One, one of the most iconic moments in the sport, for sure. There we go. All right, guys. Hey, I thank you very much. I, I, I didn't mean to, to get loud, but I, I'm so still upset with this uh, outcome that uh, you know it'll, it'll take me a while. But I appreciate your patience with my frustration and my, and my upsettingness. Yes, sir. So, with that said, guys. Have a good evening, and uh, worry no matter what. Worry, you'll see. Appreciate that phone call. That is Retire Word AM Steve joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. We are going to head to our next timeout. When we come back, it'll be time for best and worst of the weekend. You're listening to the Monday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. The Sports Call crew wants to hear from you. Give us a phone call at 334-887-3401. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 
Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brant Dontry, Tom Peavy with you here on this Monday. Of course, we've been talking a whole lot about Auburn, New Mexico State. That conversation will obviously continue throughout the week. Again, another game plan for the week. Uh, for those that would be curious, tomorrow will be a perfectly normal three-hour show. Uh, it'll be live, and we will welcome your phone calls on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Wednesday will be a new show, but again, not live. We are uh, actually going to be pre-recording that in a matter of hours uh, because of the Auburn basketball game tomorrow night, which got uh, credential for and people starting to leave town Tuesday. Uh, need to get that out Monday night and then give everybody the ability to be with their families Wednesday and Thursday. So no show at all Thursday and then a normal show on Friday, which will be live and have phone calls and that sort of thing. So Wednesday, we do want you to listen. It will be a new show. Uh, it is just not going to be a live show because of the nature of holiday travel uh, and that sort of thing. We certainly appreciate you for bearing with us through this week as we all get some time with our family. So that's the, the week ahead. Uh, and uh, again, we'll be transitioning into Iron Bowl talk rather quickly uh, and uh, a lot to talk about, obviously, with the, the greatest rivalry in the sport and great weekend of college football with all the great rivalries that exist out there. So, again, we'll be starting to hit on that, some of that tomorrow, certainly, and you will hear a lot of that in the pre recorded show on Wednesday. Talk about NFL. Wednesday, Wednesday's pre recorded show will feel kind of like a mix of a Wednesday and Thursday show. We'll have some NFL in there. Uh, I'm going to go ahead tell you that turkey will be brought up at some point <laughs> uh that, that that kind of stuff so looking forward to, to doing that and uh certainly again appreciate everyone for tuning in throughout this week and hoping everyone has a great thanksgiving week all right few minutes left in the show we got a little bit more than a few minutes left but let's go ahead and get to best and worst of the weekend right now now time for the best Woo-hoo! and worst no no! No! Of the weekend. You already heard that part of it uh, <laughs> in the previous call. Kind of, in the background. Heard, heard, heard parts of it. Uh, either way you want to go, guys, I'm up for best or worst. I, I, I'll go best, and I'm going to go uh, Auburn basketball best. Uh, sure, we're going to talk more about uh, what happened all out in Brooklyn, but the last uh, little bit of the first half in the championship game against St. Bonaventure yes. – was some of the most exciting basketball if you're an Auburn fan. Like, that gets your blood going. Uh, Chad Baker Mazzara hits a three-pointer. They come down. Uh, Auburn gets a steal. Uh, Jalen Williams goes up un- uncontested to the basket, but instead of just going to a regular dunk, he does the highlight reel slam dunk competition style windmill dunk. And then the, uh, they miss a three. Auburn comes back down. A little bit of a scramble on a loose ball kick out. Denver Jones hits a three at the buzzer. And it was just that combination of just in that last couple of minutes there uh, of that first half was that, that dead gum that was exciting. That had me jumping up and down, hooting and hollering. I, I was at Fat Daddy's when, it was, when we had it playing. Everybody was jumping up and down, screaming. I mean, I was like, holy crap, what an ending to a half. Man, that felt good. Yeah, that had a whiff. Little did we know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, how the wind was going to be ripped right out of our sails the next day. You're right. We will talk about basketball tomorrow because we will be setting up another game. We'll review everything that did happen in Brooklyn. But that that sequence had a whiff of 1819 to it. I don't mean the year 18. I mean 2018. (laughs) That had a whiff of before basketball was born. Yeah. 
yeah, that was a fun sequence. That, that was a sequence that you wish had been able to take place inside uh, uh, Neville Arena because that, that sequence would have yes. blown the roof off that place. Mm-hmm. Brant's mm. best of the weekend. My best of the weekend, uh, a school that I never thought I would associate with my best, but uh, got to give them their flowers this week. Uh, Texas A&M is a school that does a lot of weird things in the name of tradition. They do have one tradition that is pretty cool. Every year on their senior day, they have the 12th man kickoff team. It is a team of 11 players. They're all walk-ons, and they get to go out there and they get to have they get to do kickoff coverage. Uh, and in this game, they're up 31 to 10 against Abilene Christian with about five and a half minutes left to go in the game. They throw in their 12th man kickoff team. They forced a fumble. They recovered the fumble, and uh, it's really cool just to see walk-ons getting their moment to shine. Uh, Texas A&M is big on their whole. 12th man thing they give a number to they give the number 12 to a player every year um that's a big deal i think before the johnny manzel era the only jerseys that they sold to fans had the number 12 on them uh and this was the uh this was their 12th man kickoff team making a play uh on senior day it's a pretty cool thing for them i'm gonna go with best that's gonna blow your minds also because of uh the fact that I'm ill-prepared and uh, <laughs> had, had to think of one last couple minutes. It could be a worse, depending on my point of view, but I'll go best for the sake of best because, yay, happy things. Brock Purdy yesterday, first 49ers quarterback in history to have a perfect passer rating when throwing 20 passes or more. Yep. Not Steve Young, not the great Joe Montana. Brock Purdy. Uh, and any time that you do something statistically – that has never been done before in a sport that exists 50, 60, 70 years. And I know baseball, when we talk about that, over over 100 years, I'm always going to appreciate some significantly positive and laugh sometimes at significantly negative, and, and there's some of that too. Uh, but Brock Purdy uh, could not have been better yesterday for San Francisco in their win against Tampa. And I could use this as worse, but I'm not. But I had him starting on one of my fantasy teams, and he got me 50-something points, and I'm probably still going to lose that week. Yikes. I, uh, I had him on my bench. So Ooh, double yeah, that's, that's fun. Which one's worse, uh, playing and still not mattering, or not playing? <laughs> well, I've got Patrick Mahomes, so we'll okay. We'll, we'll He'll see. Get something. We'll see how he goes tonight. I, I started I started uh, Purdy over uh, Jalen Hurts because I like the matchup better. Okay, that's fair, and it worked out. But I still yep. looks like I'm going to lose. You know what? I had some running backs in single digits, and uh, I'm going to break yeah. the news. Tampa's pass defense, not good. <laughs> start him. You got a receiver, start him. Tight end, start him. Receiving running back, start him. Quarterback needing one big game for a big contract, start him. Aren't, aren't a lot of those Auburn guys in Tampa's secondary yeah. injured? Well, aren't they injured? Or are they, no. Oh, no, they're just not. Being, Getting cooked. <laughs> Jamel Dean got Jamel, in. Jamel Dean had a bad game, didn't Jamel, he? Jamel Dean gave up a 70-yard touchdown play mm-hmm. on a play that he got injured on and did not return. Oh, oh boy. And then Carlton has had a really rough oh, year. Boy. When they right. played the Texans, they 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 he got cooked oh. in that one. They they both have pretty nice contracts, so that they, they, they have that. Right. Um, <laughs> damn, damn, they're getting not paid. They're getting paid. Them. So congratulations. Yeah, uh, I love I love them to death, but uh, upgrades needed. Upgrades needed. I thought they had. I thought the, some of those guys had been injured this year. Jamel's been off. I mean. They missed a game here and there, oh, okay. but uh, yeah, not, no, not significantly, no, no, no. And, and certainly not yesterday. <laughs> no. So, well, speaking of injuries, I yeah. can go to my worst. Yes, worst. Uh, it was brought up earlier. I was hoping it wouldn't, but it was brought up. But uh, Jordan Travis, the the injury to the FSU mm-hmm. quarterback. So here's my thing. I never like it when uh, a football player of any, whether it be an offensive lineman, a a backup running back, receiver, whatever. 
I never like to see somebody's foot pointed in a direction that it does not naturally go. Yeah. That's bad. It's always bad. But when it is a star player, uh, the quarterback of an undefeated team that is leading them to potentially a shot at a national championship, and then it's his foot that is pointed in a different direction that is not natural, that it makes it even worse because, I mean, if you just imagine Cam Newton getting hit – in a late game of that season and you look on TV and his foot is pointing at the sideline, think about that. If that had happened in 2010, that team would have gone under. And that's what you're hoping. That's not going to happen with Florida State if you're an FSU fan. But, I mean, that's your star quarterback that is now gone. And that's just bad. That's rough anytime you see that happen. So, you know, prayers up to Jordan Travis on a, on a speedy recovery and hopefully he'll – be able to make some good stuff happen in the pros. His FSU his career is open. Excuse me. His FSU career is over, um, but he's got a, a you know a shot with the NFL. But yeah, just bad. I'm I'm oof, I almost said bad break there. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. 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 Bad luck there. So that's my worst. Brant, your worst. My worst. Uh, I mean, it's pretty difficult to say anything other than. New Mexico State beat Auburn 31 to 10. Um, I have some things I want to point out about just how bad this loss was. Uh, I'm going to be reading these off. Uh, Auburn at 25 and a half was the highest, was the most favored SEC team to lose outright in 45 years. Oh, since 2018, New Mexico State has an average recruiting ranking of 116th in the country. Uh, the combined record of the FBA, FBS teams outside of Auburn that New Mexico State has beaten this year is a combined record of 26-52. and 52. And this is Auburn's first regular season loss to a non-power conference opponent in 32 years. South Florida was in the Big East at the time that they beat Auburn, I believe, which got an automatic BCS bid. Yeah, so that wasn't good, right? Yeah, no, no, no. Conte- <laughs> context, that's bad. Yeah, I mean, it's... Again, for lack of creativity, I, I will also use that as the worst. I mean, it just it just kind of is. It undid. Uh, here, here's the I guess ninety seconds of fan in me, or just me wanting to be an optimist or me wanting to think positively. It just undid three weeks of genuinely good mm-hmm. work. Yep. And you can say what you want about the SEC teams. They're still SEC teams. It's SEC victories. Auburn didn't really get them last year. They got two last year. They got three this year. It was a right. sign of improvement. Uh, they were they, we we saw better coaching. We saw better playing. We just we just saw everything was better, no matter who the opponent was. In three weeks, and then you have that happen to you, and you think to yourself that uh, you know all the progress is gone. Uh, you, you have nothing that you feel positive about. You have. Uh, a situation where there's just a bunch of negative momentum now going into the most important game of the season uh, and the biggest game of the season. And it just it just sucks. I mean, it just does uh, for the implications there. And we didn't get into them a lot. We, we got into Iron Bowl implications tomorrow. Maybe we'll spend some time on if we think it means anything beyond this year or not. But uh, just the thought of that may having something to do with another season or another or a class or anything like that. Again, it's just absolutely not what you want to have uh, at the end of, of a first year that was progressing along and, and that sort of thing. So it's just it's regrettable in any 
any form or fashion there, and it, it is just the worst of the weekend. Uh, I guess another quick little best, as I said at the beginning, I did enjoy being up there and, and being back at the game. Haven't been to a, a lot as many of them this year. In years past, we've been at all of them, uh, and you know we're working in through rotation. So it was good to good to be back there and be good to be in there for for the Iron Bowl on Saturday. But again, just the, the bad part of it. Uh, is obvious, and it just undoes three weeks of, of good work there. Final minute or two of today's show. Time for a nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Sports Call's nightly TV guide presented by White Claw Heart Seltzer has actually been really good basketball on during our show, too, which we're about to uh, get to in a second or get to on the TV guide, but the, the Mali Invitational uh, on right now, and you have number two Purdue, number eleven uh, Gonzaga, which is a highly rated game. Tennessee already beat Syracuse earlier today. Tennessee is a top ten team in the country. Going to be interesting to see them in SEC play. But uh, again, the basketball continues here in just a little bit. Six o'clock on ESPNU. Number five UConn, number fifteen Texas. That was a whale of a game yesterday. Texas Max Aceman's. I could go worse the weekend. How bad Louisville's basketball program? Uh, has become, but they got beat at the buzzer by Max Aismas and, and Texas. So, number five, UConn, number 15, Texas, 6 o'clock on ESPNU. Uh, you also have a soccer, the U.S. men's national team's second leg of a CONCACAF qualifier there against Trinidad and Tobago. That's 6 o'clock on TNT. Women's college basketball, Auburn taking a trip to Orlando to play UCF. That's 6 o'clock on ESPN+. And, of course, you got a big one Monday Night Football at 7.15 tonight, ESPN and ABC. This is what Joe Buck and Troy Aikman signed up to do. Taylor Swift Bowl. Uh, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> Again, just just none of that, please. Uh, uh, it's going to be a great football game. Uh, Philadelphia and Kansas City rematch of last year's Super Bowl. Chiefs two-and-a-half-point favorites at home in Arrowhead. Everybody wants to know who she's going to cheer for because she's an Eagles fan, but she's dating... A, a, a chief. And so. I promise you the Chiefs rooting for the Chiefs, Probably. and that's the last I'm going to care of that. <laughs> anyway, uh, a couple movie picks for you tonight. Six o'clock, Dr. Seuss's The Low, Lorax, excuse me, at, I said The Lomax, The Lorax. Six o'clock on Nickelodeon. There was a guy at Memphis named uh, Lomax one time. That's why. That oh, okay, okay, okay. You, you looked I was, funny. I was lost. I thought uh, you were referring to former NFL quarterback Neil Lomax. I was not, but uh, also could have been. Uh, 7 o'clock TMC, it's 1917. And that is Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide, presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. And that will do it for the show today. Brant Dontry, thank you for being here. We'll see you again tomorrow. Thank you for having me. And Tom Peavy, thank you for being here. We'll also see you again tomorrow. Wish I could say it was fun, but man, it was fun talking, but gosh. Any ther- therapy there, therapeutic at all? No, uh, man. not really. I feel like we were the therapist today. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, maybe we gave, <laughs> maybe we gave each other therapy. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe so. And uh, we'll do it all again tomorrow. Yeah. As always, we appreciate all those that tuned in and called in for Brant Dontry and Tom Peavy. My name is Ryan Lavoy. Have a great Monday night, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.